Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. All right, let's do this. Game Time Decisions. Red Heat and Rage Radio has begun. I am Gabriel Moranci, throwing it down with the Raging Redhead. Cam Stewart as we pick up the pieces following Monday Night uh, Football. A ton of baseball uh, talk to get to. The Major League Baseball hot stove heating up in Las Vegas, Nevada. Minnesota Vikings have uh, fired their offensive coordinator after last Good. night's train wreck and debacle. It's a start. To start, I'm not so sure. Like, I think Kirk Cousins might be a big oh, problem here. but He's robbing a bank honest, right now with that yeah, salary. The, off, the offensive coordinator really wasn't putting anybody in a position to succeed, though. So there, there yeah. was a problem. There was a, a visible problem last night between Zimmer and uh, this dude. And uh, this dude's out of a job now. <laughs> yeah, great call, play calling. Third and inches. Okay, let's go in the shotgun. Like, some of the play calling last night, honest to God, and Dalvin Cook, when he touched the ball, looked electrifying. Yeah, no, the guy's a stooge. He should be fired. And you said it, man. This is another game with Kirk Cousins. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm arguing with people on Twitter. Average quarterback, I'm starting to think he's at the bottom of the bottom of the tier. This guy can't do anything. He's not mobile. He can't find an open receiver. He stinks. Every big game, this guy is so overrated. I can't believe he's, he's stealing money from Minnesota right now. I went on the money line game because Seattle's my team, but everything else had a teaser with Minnesota plus 10. I didn't think there was any way there was going to be a blowout in that game. But, hey, man, you saw that offense. It blows. Well, Minnesota should have actually won the game. They could have won yeah. the game. They put themselves in a position to win the game numerous yes, times. Yes. I mean, yes, they did. Look, they're, they're, they're first in goal from inside to three. They don't score. They decide to go for it, even though no one in the, in the stadium thought they were going to pick it up. You know, they just should have made it 6-3 yep. at that point in time with about five and a half, six minutes left in the game. True. Uh, there was numerous times that they, they moved the football. As you mentioned, I don't know how many times last night they had it from third and two or less, and then they put uh, Cousins in a shotgun, and then have them drop back and, like, scan the field instead of just one of these quick hits to Thielen or Diggs. It was, yeah, it was, it was beyond, beyond pathetic, and... Hey, the dude got fired today because of it. You saw Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. It wasn't just Diggs being a hothead. Thielen went off on the sidelines. Then Diggs went off. And then it was just combustible. They didn't have a choice. You know, the play calling was horrible. They fired the offensive coordinator. But really, Cam, I mean, we see this with about 75% of the teams in the National Football League that just do bizarre things that the average fan knows. And... I get it. You know, oh, we're not football guys. We're not coaches. And I'm sure, you know, it's like people listening to the show or watching a TV show we do or something. Says, oh, if I did it, I, you know, I could do better. I could do this. I could do that. Yet, it's it's not rocket science, Cam. If Kirk Cousins, like, you know, it's like the whole shotgun on third and inches. And 
you know, you have a bad offensive line that can't protect them. Like, Kirk Cousins has got problems, but their offensive line is terrible. Oh, it is. Kirk Cousins has no time whatsoever. But you keep running the same plays that don't work. You know he doesn't have time. Like, it's the same thing. Like, I say this about the Giants. They're like, well, if Eli Manning has time, it's like, yeah, but he doesn't. Nobody has time in the NFL. That's the thing. There's no time anymore. Like, we can talk about this, Cam, and it's, it's true. The NFL isn't as hard-hitting as it used to be. Like, it used to be psychopathic, and the guys were yep. trying to kill the quarterback and slam him into the turf. It's not. There's flags. You can't kill people in the same way you can anymore. But these guys are faster than they've ever been, Cam. So, you know, they might not be able to take your head off, but J.J. Watt and Clowney and these guys, they're getting to the quarterback fast. Like, you know, we're talking two seconds type thing. They're too fast. You got these big dudes that run like four or five and stuff. They're just coming off the edges, and they're getting there. Like, the pockets collapse now fast in the NFL, and the teams that are successful are the quarterbacks that can get out of it quickly, or you're either mobile and you run around and you extend plays, or you do the extreme quick hit stuff. Like, dude, you can't touch Drew Brees. Drew Brees never gets touched, Ken. He throws the ball too quickly. Everything's three-step. Snap, three-step, throw. Snap, three-step, throw. Sometimes he doesn't even take the three steps. It's snap and throw, snap and throw. Kirk Cousins is one of these old school. And they let the play clock go down to zero all the time. It allows the defense to gain their composure, get their breath, make substitutions. It's just it's bad football. And it's not. it wasn't the offensive coordinator's fault that Mike Zimmer doesn't use his timeouts before the end of the first half yeah. game. There's a minute and a half left. Seattle's got first first and goal from the eight-yard line. You know they're just going to take their time. You've got exactly. three timeouts. You put them on the clock. You force them to do what they're going to do, and then you get the ball back. No, no, no he point. doesn't use his timeouts. That's not the offensive coordinator. Uh, you know, no, Mike not. Zimmer's got problems in his own right. Oh, yeah, he's an old-school guy. But the thing was, yeah, no, and you bring up some really good points. His timeout, uh, uh, d- using the timeouts was stupid last night. You said that. But also, Gabe, the one, th- one thing about Cousins that he doesn't do, and this is basic shit you talked about over the top, the quick little hitches. He, they were open. Diggs and Thielen were open every time. He panics. He looks back and forth, and by the time the guy was already, like, making his cut, he would have had a first down and a throw, but he doesn't do that. He goes the other way, and he panics, and then he's running around and then just makes a bad decision, throws the ball out of bounds. Like, those were simple check-down throws that anybody makes that he that he failed on. Their coordinator stinks, and you're right. Zimmer's an old-school guy. The game has changed. Like, you, ta- you talk about it. If you're not changing, you're not evolving, you're losing. And that smash mouth football with the, with the players that they have, it doesn't work. It works for Seattle because they work with their offensive line and the running backs, and they actually they have a system when they do it, and it works. They get they get big chunk plays with the running back, and then that opens things up. Hell, they didn't even have Doug Baldwin last night. Like, those defenses were fantastic last night. I know there should have been more points in the game, but, God, you're right, though, man. Like, that, a, a lot of those things, it, Zimmer even has to be looked at. I know he's been a good coach for a long time, but it's not the same NFL. No, it isn't. And um, Zimmer, Zimmer got his ass handed to him in a playoff game last year by the Eagles, too. Yeah. That wasn't, case, that wasn't case Keenum's fault. He nope. got out-coached. They got out-schemed. He admitted it after, and the, the, the Viking players said it right after the game. They, you know, there's no excuses. They basically stated, like, listen, they said the Eagles, everything we did on offense, the Eagles knew what we were going to do. Everything that uh, the, the Eagles did when we were on defense – they were a step ahead of us. They did things that we didn't expect. That's being outcoached. You know, that that was Peterson and Frank Wright just, you know, they, dude, they were throwing bombs. Minnesota was running the ball, and 
Minnesota's, uh, you know, trying to play this conservative road playoff game. Philadelphia's taking chances, ends up blowing them out. You know, Zimmer's just one of these guys. You mentioned it, Cam. Like, we see a lot of this in the National Football League where the NFL sort of passes them by. And I don't think you can win with Kirk Cousins as your quarterback. I just don't. I think if Kirk Cousins is your quarterback, you're going to be an 8-8 eight and eight team at best. Like, look, the Washington Redskins have the same record, Cam. They've won the same amount of games. They've won six games as Minnesota has with the combination of Alex Smith, Colt McCoy, Mark Sanchez, and Josh Johnson. <laughs> Great point. They don't no, no, you, think about it. The Washington Redskins. Yes. Like the Red, like, think, think, like, think about that. Like the Redskins. Sanchez. Sanchez. Yeah, like they, you know, Josh, Josh Johnson, Johnson, Colt McCoy, and Boy, Alex Smith. They have Smith. the same freaking record that they do anyway. The and, and another thing is, Gabe, they've had more. They've had more. I know the offensive line on Minnesota is bad. Take a look at Washington's injuries. They had so many guys out. They hired guys from off the street. They didn't even have enough depth there. Like, the fact that they were even competitive in a lot of these games is, you know, we got to give uh, Gruden a lot of credit and his staff because they've had just the same injuries. Like, Minnesota still, for the most part, yes, their offensive line sucks. They've had some injuries on the line with the center. But Washington's dealt with even more problems. Don't hear, And no one feels sorry for it in the NFL, buddy. Nobody, nobody Kirk goes, boo-hoo, boo-hoo. You know, Kirk Cousins blows. blows. Well, on the plus side, they only have two more years left on the deal yes. uh, after this. There was, it's only a three-year deal. So it wasn't it wasn't a five year deal. It's not a six year deal. They're not on the hook for for eternity here, but they're on the hook for a lot of money. And he makes eight. He makes twenty eight million dollars a year. Look, I don't think they're they're not going to bite it this year. Like they might release him after next year, and they'll just like take yeah. the hit. Um, they're not going to take this much of a hit after one year. But he's so twenty eight million dollars. So. Um, if, if you work that out, Cam, it works out to like $1.75 million a game that he's getting. So it's $875,000 a half. Oh, my God. So he's getting nearly a million dollars a half, okay? Unbelievable. Yeah, it's sick. He's getting nearly a million dollars a half. He threw for 27 yards last night in the first half. <laughs> See, he, he made like a million dollars to throw 27 yards. It's like, dude, we could have played Kirk Cousins like – Hundred and thirty three thousand dollars. Like and he would have thrown hundred and forty yards. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like they I were know. better with Case Keenum. They were they that's weren't. what I said. That that's the thing. The system with Minnesota and they had sometimes like and we talk about it every Sunday and we have this I mean Galena, he agrees with me when we talk about it, I talk about it. Case Keenum was good with Minnesota and Gabe, you remember too, back up with the Rams, Houston Texans. Yeah, sure, he did all that shit at, with the Houston Cougars, like great college quarterback, but he was essentially a backup, got a chance, and got better and better and started improving. Hell, the Vikings were a hell of a lot better with that guy than they, than they are with well, Cousins. Well, the thing with like, is, and you know why he was better as well? He gets rid of the ball fast, Keenum. Yeah, he does. Ke- Keenum's one of these guys. He's, like you said, he was a Houston Cougar. He's a quick sort of West Coast bang, bang. sort of spread offense guy, bang, bang. Yep. And it helped in Minnesota because they don't have a great line. So Case Keenum's not, like, surveying the field. Case Keenum would know. He'd be like, I'm going to this guy, and I'm snapping the ball, and I'm throwing it to him. If he's covered, I'm going to that guy. Kirk Cousins sort of looks around and acts surprised that he's under pressure every time. It's just the style of play that Kirk Cousins has. And, you know, Kirk Cousins needs to step up and accept responsibility, even as a quarterback. But everything's, well, we're not doing this. We're not doing that. You know, maybe Kirk had big problems at offensive, this offensive corner. They're playing the Miami Dolphins this week. Uh, but as far as Dalvin Cook was concerned, same thing. I mean, 
you get the feeling that every time Dalvin Cook has the ball, he's about to, like, really break one. I know. And, you know, he has, you know, big runs, big runs. They give him the ball on, on, you know, second down. They'll throw on first down incomplete. They'll give him the ball on second down. He'll pick up nine yards, and then they don't give him the ball on third down. (laughs) Or they they gave him the ball all the way down the field, and then they took him out of the game. And then they put Murray in. They put Murray in for a third down. He didn't get it. Remember the goal line. Then they they had Dalvin Cook on the field. And in the fourth quarter, they didn't use him. They just they just didn't. They had him on the field. He was blocking, and yeah. You know, and then on the last little mercy garbage, garbage of all garbage drives, they gave it to Cook, and he picked up the prop, the seventy nine and a half, barely. Yeah, um, not not in my world, but yeah, that was. Good and I'm a little disappointed. I left Carson Carson on the table because Carson ended up yeah. with ninety rush yards. His was seventy seven and a half. But yeah, you've got a nightmare story with your prop uh, with. Uh, with uh, with Dalvin yeah. Cook last night. Yeah, Carson. Yeah, so so the books that I'm on, they didn't have uh, the adjusted uh, the adjusted seventy nine and a half combined. So you had to do each of them individually. Now I know what you feel like, Marantzu, when you're bitching about half points. So his receiving yards on my book was twenty eight and a half. He had twenty eight yards receiving loss. His rushing was fifty five and a half. He had fifty five. I lost both by a half point. And they were like the two biggest, two biggest of the night with the teaser at plus 10. The only thing I won was Seattle Moneyline. And I only bet that because I was a fan. I was scared of that game. So it was an absolute disaster. I know I know what you're living with. Like, it's just the, these half point losses and stuff. And I guess that's why you need multiple books. You got to shop around and find the best number. You know what I mean? I was talking to another buddy. He had Dalvin Cook at 53 and a half. If I'm on his book, I win. You know what I'm saying? So the, these are things that. Uh, it, it always comes down to this, Marenzi. You've been in this scenario before. How many times have you lost a game? Half point, point. Like, this shit happens all the time if you're gambling a lot. Yeah, those books, um, they always seem to be worse for the props. Sometimes they are. Sometimes they're better for other things, but they always they always add a yard or two, dude. Yeah. Like, that, that's the thing. And these yards are too, you know, earlier in the year, they don't make as much of a difference. But now that we're we're into week fourteen, man, the, their computers are, yeah. are locked in. Sharp, sharp. Like yeah. yeah, the 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 props are all like, oh, within this catch, I need one more catch, I need one more yard, I need this. Hell, I only hit the Dalvin Cook over seventy nine and a half because of that last touchdown. Pass. Exactly, exactly. The last you, little three yarder, <laughs> like that was it. That put it over the number. And it looked like he was over the line of scrimmage, and then I'm like, oh no, oh, he wasn't yeah. over the line of scrimmage. You're, you're, you're just your luck. They would have taken it back, right? I'm glad you won. I'm glad you won because no, but uh, look, I had the long field goal sucked. prop. I yep. had a long field goal prop, buddy. Uh, buddy, like blatant penalty, like comes oh yeah, in, oh yeah, Wagner, yeah. Over that yeah, Wagner, that's the Bobby thing. Wagner. That they cost Jeff, me my long field goal prop. Bet. They got Jeff Jeff Triplett in the booth, one of the worst, and he's saying, "Oh, that's clearly you cannot use another man as leverage." He leapfrogged the guy, put his hands on his shoulder to hop, to basically leapfrog him and block the kick. And the referees don't see this stuff. We were talking about yeah, they, it they all don't the time. See it, Cam, the it's Seattle, ridiculous. The Seattle jerseys glow in the dark. Yet they can't. I see know. These guys, <laughs> they're neon green. Yeah, I know. You got a guy he, in neon green jersey jumping over everybody. How do you not see it? Yeah, it's it, it, these, this repping blow it, again. Like no flow to the game with the repping and the calls. It's just it, it's it's out of control. It's Marantz. terrible. Like it is. Like I got to tell you something. The NFL, if we weren't addicted to it, it's it, it's going to do the point where. Like it's unwatchable. Like it's just there you. The, there's no game flow. Every time something good happens, penalty, penalty. And what about? I will say this as a Seahawks fan: the Minnesota DB on that pass interference call did nothing. He was hand checking the guy. 
They're both checking each other's hands. You can't just call a pass interference call because the guy touches the guy. What do you want the defenseman to? What do you want the defensive back to do? What do you want him to do? He can't touch him. He can't do this. He can run with them. Like it's gonna happen. Like it's out of control, man. These guys get like the offensive players compared to the defense. It's 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 a joke. It's a straight up joke. They they have no chance. They call it all the time. I said during the game last night too. When they got they got into the fourth quarter at that point, the game was flying by, man. It yeah. was going to be so fast. It was going to be over like ten thirty or so. And I said, expect some late scoring here. And, and you, you saw it, man. There was late penalties. They needed to slow it down. They really, really tried to get some points on the board to at least just buy some time on Monday Night Football. Not to mention the broadcast crew is just beyond annoying and oh, yeah. frustrating to listen to. And you know, most people don't notice broadcast crews like. I watch games every Sunday, and I really don't care about the broadcast crew. You know what I mean? It yeah. doesn't, you know, sometimes I'll be, I used to know who everyone was more. You know, I'm always on the air now, so it's just a little bit different than sitting at home all day all the time and on Sundays and seeing everything, like, you know, the beginning of the games and the broadcast crews. You know, sometimes I'll be like, ah, who's this guy? This guy's kind of mediocre. But for the most part, broadcast teams are broadcast teams when it comes to NFL football. Yeah, the ESPN team, like, they're just oh. not annoying some. Train wreck. Yep. You're right. Game time decisions. Beat it. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. George Kurtz will join us. Kurtz. Jump in. We'll uh, run the gauntlet with George G. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Game Time Decisions, Red Eaton Rage Radio continues. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Gabriel Maranci. George Kurtz going to step up and in. Yep. Raging Redhead Cam Stewart uh, with yeah. us. Not high. This song's making it. It's a little sad. We need to. Uh, I got enough problems in my life. I, I'm with you, Maranci. It's time to uh, spice it yeah. up. And the music's a little low as well, it seems, too. But uh, yeah, Anyway, we, we fight the battle. It is. Yeah, yeah. If, like, we say turn it up, then I'm scared. Like, it's going to be too I loud know. after. <laughs> just, just, like, I just look at my day, board. <laughs> every, every day, it's sort of like uh, it's like Goldilocks here. Like, it's too yeah, hot. No, it's too too hot, too cold. Where does it it's just run? It's too loud. It's too low. There's too much feedback. There's too much echo. It's just, yep. it, is, it is the grind. Yes, um, the, the, price, the price of being uh, big time. Uh, yeah, you, 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 you got to deal with it. Big time. This is why on YouTube you, you have man. those yeah. meltdowns of like yeah. Bill O'Reilly saying, "Oh yeah, we'll do it live." Like, <laughs> no, I'm with you. I I I like it. Yeah, it's just, it is what it is. No, I was telling people a long time ago the fact that you know I'm in a different city, you're there, and he's in the studio. I guess uh, you know what I mean. We do the best we can here. We just no, but I like that. I bring whenever I bring this stuff up, they're like, "Well, just adjust the knobs." It's like, yeah, no, I'm that's like, I, I'm aware like, of adjusting yeah, I, I'm, the knobs. I'm that's sort what of I do every day. The knob, like, oh yeah, like oh well, you got to adjust the knob. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm no, no shit. I, I didn't know that I had to adjust the knob. Like, it's funny as you're talking. I, I when, figured, I, when I when I didn't think those knobs did anything. No, like, no, I, I don't. Know, 
I wouldn't dare touch the knobs. No, I'm all, I'm all over it. I know that's the thing. Like that, it doesn't matter what. Like yeah, it's just that's what it is. It's a constant. Like, is, my, my right arm. You got to do everything live. Like you can't. I know. There's no real test, right? No, there isn't. It sounds good, and it's a great. We have a great system and stuff. We but do. As I stated, I've sort of got like a walkie-talkie bounce back yeah. uh, that uh, that goes on that becomes pretty annoying after three hours in my in my ear. Uh, let's bring in George Kurtz. Good George afternoon, gentlemen. K. George. What's up, George? How you doing, George? What's going on? Doing well, guys. Just listening here, you two old men complain about knobs yeah. and not having to do it. <laughs> We're like the guys in the Muppets, George Waldorf and Stadler. <laughs> yeah, God, I hated that show. <laughs> you didn't like, like the Muppet things. Show? Yeah, I did you know, like you know those why, two guys. You know why I didn't like the Muppet Show? Because, uh, you know, back then, I, once again, we're dating ourselves here. But in the house, we only had one TV for my brother and I. And we had to share it on every other night. And he liked the Muppets. So uh, I wouldn't be allowed to watch what I wanted to watch because he wanted to watch the Muppet Show on his night. Maybe I wouldn't be able to watch, like, MacGyver or something like that. <laughs> hated the Muppet Show. You were missing Fantasy Island. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Tattoo the plane, the plane, <laughs> the plane boss, the boss, the planes here, the plane. Uh, it was great, uh, great TV. I used to watch uh, yeah, Love, Love Boat, Love Boat, uh, great, Love Saturday Boat, night? Fantasy Island, yeah, Charlie's Angels, Love Boat, uh, Rem- Remington Steel, oh, six million dollar man, strong, A team, yeah, we got, they we're don't make TV like they used to. Now <laughs> they don't make Bionic it like uh, today. I watched that. Uh, I, I gave that new Magnum PI show like a couple minutes. I, I thought it was a joke. Like I thought it, it was a laugh track. Like the theme of the story, guys, was a guy he stole a fish, like a blue tuna, and kept it in another guy's freezer. I'm like, this is what we're coming up with here. Higgins is a chick, and I, I, I just I'm like, wow. Higgins don't try is a to, chick. Yeah, don't try to remake Magnum PI. Oh yeah, and then they bring back Murphy Brown. That's like laugh track. It's it's like man. Who, who's craving? Who, who who said these shows need to come back? They're already shit when they were on. But uh, anyway. they have yeah, no new ideas anymore. None. That's you said it, George. Uh, Out of ideas. I don't ideas. understand. I don't understand though why they just didn't get Tom Selleck to be Magnum. I mean, That's yeah. He's, uh, he's old. Alive. Yeah, he's blue blood. Yeah, he's old, he's, uh, but you just yeah. you go back he's, to the island and what's yeah, up with yeah. Magnum after all these years, <laughs> and you sort of wrap it up, right? But look, CBS. CBS had success by uh, re, uh, redoing Hawaii Five O, which became a yeah. smash hit for them. Yet it, it has nothing of the feel of the original. Yeah, no, like these guys are all like you know good looking dudes and ripped and yeah, they're slick. Like Baywatch, yeah. <laughs> like Hawaii Five O is he's a grease ball in like a suit. Remember? <laughs> what do you say? Book him. <laughs> yeah, he was like book book him, Dano. That was his life. Book him, Dano. Yeah, he was like, yeah, like he was in Hawaii, but he wore the suit. That's what made it funny. It's like, damn, it's hot out there, but he still got that cheap cop suit on. You know what I mean? <laughs> Imagine me and you, the sweat rings. God, Hawaii's hot. Kojak. Kojak <laughs> yeah. was a good one, too. Yeah, great co- you, chrome dome. Yep, good good chrome dome on Kojak. Colombo? Yeah. Remember Colombo? <laughs> Love Colombo. Uh, Trick just, just one more, th- one more thing. You always had one more thing. Columbo was a genius because he played the dumb role. Like, he thought everyone, he was yeah. a country hick, but really, he just plays you. Very, very good. Columbo was underrated. Yeah, they all thought, oh, this guy's a stooge. We can get away with anything. But Columbo knew. Yeah, Columbo well. would play, he'd play dumb for the first 40 minutes of the show, and then he'd, he'd reel it all in. <laughs> Excuse me. When we were talking the other day, you told me that, uh, you told me um, that you turn left, but I noticed that uh, you're right-handed. <laughs> right, you know, he's... <laughs> 
It's always like that slightest thing. I notice you're right-handed, so it'd be impossible for you to turn left there. Isn't that true, Mr. Thompson? It's true. I killed her. Yeah, like yeah, everyone always just confesses right away. It's true. It's true. I killed her. <laughs> so he tries to get the plots weren't all that great back then. No, no, they, 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 they easily became unraveled. It was like uh, it's like Law and Order. Law and Order is a good show. Great show. But Law and Order. Law and Order never like deviated. It would always be the crime that set up someone to look like they're the evil bastard of the world. Yep. And then it would be like, yeah, I'm an evil bastard, but it wasn't me that did it. And then there would always be like, I don't know, who did it then? Like, they were always the same thing. And then it was always the, the person that we, they never would have expected earlier in the show. Oh, my God, it wasn't the father. It was the daughter, right? Like, it's the same thing every time. Like, like Law & Order needed to mix it up sometimes. It just it's like, I like the one of these shows just end. They never solved it. You know what I mean? We don't know. <laughs> you know, like, those are ones that don't make the air. Yeah, yeah, we didn't. We didn't solve it. Like, you know, I just I like to see that, or just you know, whoever did it was the first one you expect right out of the gate. <laughs> just like, yeah, but TV's lost its uh, its creativity. Um, so let me ask you about TV, George. I was talking with uh, with Corey this morning, and you know, Corey, you know, Corey loves Jason Witten, so it's it's painful for him. Now you're a Cowboy fan as well. So, hey, listen, one out of two ain't bad because Tony Romo's great at what he does, but Jason Witten, it just it seems to get worse. Now people are wondering if he was wearing a wig or a toupee last night. Like, I'm starting to, I, I'm starting to feel sorry for Jason Witten a little bit right now. Like, if this was just, like, the three-team on CBS and they were doing the Tampa Bay Saints game on a Sunday afternoon, nobody cares. And Witten can make his mistakes and learn how to get better, but... And and same with Booger. I don't think Booger's great. He just looks good next to Witten. So, you know, to me, this is just a disaster. What's your take on the Monday Night Crew here? And I think Tessator is just annoying as hell as well. Oh, I think you know. I think ESPN made a mistake going with a bunch of rookies, guys who haven't done it before, and Witten, uh, and Booger for that matter. I, uh, what what has Witten done to prove that he could be ready for this role? The Monday Night Football broadcast—that's a big time role. And to assume that he can do it right away. I think what you're looking at is, once again, because he played for the Cowboys. He has a name, probable Hall of Fame player. Looks good, right? I think that's what you're seeing here. I'll be honest with you guys. There are very few broadcasts on any network, in any sport, that I listen to fully. Generally, I may have the music on. I may be listening to multiple games, watching multiple games anyway. But for the main that's game, the thing, yeah. I may have it on. But I'm usually listening to music as well, so I don't have to pay attention. I think they're all idiots. I don't think they tell you anything you, don't, you need to know. Uh, there's a reason why I like I like I like Chris Collinsworth. Why? Because I don't think he's afraid to make people upset. You know, he'll tell you how he feels. John Gruden, he was on Monday Night Football. Everyone was great. Everyone was great. Oh, that's great. Even the guys who sucked were great because he wanted to get back in the game. Didn't want to offend anybody. I think nowadays these announcers are so afraid to get on the wrong side of a team or a player that they don't tell you what they really think. At least there are so very few of them that do. It's I true. rarely listen to a broadcast. Yeah, Michaels and Collinsworth Gruden. are just uh, they're 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 they're. And they, and they work off each other. They know each other. It's kind of like for them, it's smooth sailing compared to the other guys. Like, you're right there, guys. Both of them, they should have put one experienced person on. Like, they, it, it's not just one guy in the crew. It's everybody. It, it, it's it's brutal. That's the problem. It's, it's the combination of all three of them. Gruden's favorite line was, uh, he can play on my team anytime. My, my team. team. <laughs> That's right. That's you can play on. <laughs> it was basically like, yeah, well, everyone's going to be on your team then, coach. And another one was, he likes every quarterback all the time. And another one was Gruden. Everyone's a Hall of Famer. 
I don't know. You know, they say he's not a Hall of Famer, but I, I don't know. He's a Hall of Famer to me. I remember saying at the time, man, if Gruden was in charge of the Hall of Fame, there'd be like 600 people in it. Um, well, I guess Har- Harold Baines would definitely be in it. <laughs> Gruden would put Harold Baines in, anyway. in the football. Maybe he's in charge. Yeah, he put it. He put him in a football Hall of Fame, too. <laughs> Harold Payne's inducted. Hey, why not? He's a nice guy. I, you know, and one thing is, too, and I brought this up earlier, George, that broadcast teams are sort of supposed to be like umpires, aren't they? You don't really notice them. You know what I mean? Like, no one's tuning in because of the broadcast team. You might enjoy Madden. You might like Vince Scully. You know, baseball's a little different, but... Basically, like on Monday Night Football or like, especially the NFL, it's just sort of, you know, it's just whoever is there, you know, and you, you expect a certain level of, of of expertise and and you move on. But the Monday Night Crew this year, it's like they're so bad you notice it. That's the thing. Like you can tell, like somebody, I don't know, I, you know, I've been in this business a long time. You know, I've been in the media a long time, and now there's a combination of me actually watching football my whole life on and sports and broadcasting on TV my whole life. Like, I can tell the difference immediately between, and you know this, Cam, you can tell the difference between what the announced crew sounds like on a North Texas Tulane game on CBS oh, Sports yeah. Network and Spiro yes. Ditas on a Sunday Journey NFL. Spiro Ditas is a step up than the guys doing the North Texas uh, middle, middle Tennessee state game, right? Like you can just sort of, there's like a different level. Like it wasn't that long ago. Joe Tessitore was the Friday night whack guy with Rod Gilbert. Yep. Like they were doing the Boise games on Friday night. And then Tessitore sort of got elevated and bumped Musburger out on college. And I thought that, all right, whatever, that's fine. Tessitore was good for college, but like, you know, like you just sort of listen you know, like when you watch like a Mac game on Tuesday night and my boy Ray Bentley's doing it, the old Buffalo Bill yeah. with the makeup. Remember the guy with the eyes? Like some <laughs> of those teams are bad, Cam. Like they're just. I like, I they, like Ray Bentley. Uh, I like Ray <laughs> Bentley too, but I'm just I pointing like, out, you know what I'm talking about. I know about, you're Mac games. I do. And then you, do. you say to yourself, you know, guys, there's a reason that you guys have been doing the Mac for the last 12 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're not, you know, like Beth Mullins used to do. They used to give Beth Mullins the Purdue game at noon. Now she's, she's doing NFL games. Like, she climbed the ladder. But it's like Witten is one of those guys. And the, the crew, it just sounds, it sounds like it's the, you know, it doesn't sound like it's a top A-level broadcast team. You know, like you guys mentioned uh, Collins, uh, Collinsworth and Michaels. You got Joe yeah. Buck and Troy Aikman. Um, you know, there's a lot of good teams there. Yeah, you know, pretty much. You know, they're they're bad, they're bad. But um, you know, speaking of bad, Kirk Cousins bad, and you know, George, it went from basically, would you rather? Should the Vikings still have? Should they have kept Case Keenum? To right now, I don't know, man. I I'm not, there's not too many starting quarterbacks that I wouldn't rather have over over Kirk Cousins right now. Like as a Buffalo Bill fan. I'd rather have Josh Allen than Kirk Cousins as my quarterback. Like, I think Kirk Cousins is that bad. Like, you know, Sam Darnold, you go down the list, like, Kirk Cousins is a problem, and they're on the hook right now, man. $28 million a year, uh, George. Yeah, they are. Uh, I mean, I think the Vikings would rather have Josh Allen with Josh Rosen as well. They'd much rather have a top rookie. They weren't in that position to really take one there. Uh, I mean, it looks like Cousins, he is what he is. He does seem to have problems in big games. You know, not that the 0-7 on Monday night is necessarily always big games, but last night certainly was. It was a game they had to win. They're free-falling. 
They're having problems. They fired the offensive coordinator today, mainly because it looks like they, they weren't running the ball enough. And it doesn't seem like the offense understands that. We all know Cousins does not perform well on the move. You can't have him take seven-step drops back there. He needs to get the ball out. Three five-step drops, get rid of the ball here. And uh, they weren't taking advantage of that. They weren't running the ball enough with Cook. Uh, Cousins, like I said, he may be better than Keenum, but he's certainly not $28 million better or whatever how much would Keenum get half that. I think in the end, if they had to do all over again, yeah, they probably would rather have Keenum save $14, $15, 12000000 and then be able to get uh, maybe a couple of offensive linemen there would be nice. He seems to be yeah. a guy too, Cam. The Kirk Cousins. I'm not saying he's a bad guy. No, he's not. I know he's not. I don't know if teammates gravitate towards him. I don't. You know, yeah. I, he came across yeah. even in Washington. They said they said he's true. not a bad guy, but he's kind of he's kind of a me stat guy. Yes, it, it, yes. Came, it sort of comes across as that, and it's not like he's one of these guys. Like you don't hear like Viking players stepping up to the podium after and going. I hear people criticizing my quarterback. It ain't his fault. You know, you actually see Saquon Barkley do that for Eli. Like Saquon Barkley stepped up the other day and said all this talk about Eli. He goes, I watched the tape of our team. And he goes, man, he goes, we left a lot of plays on the field. And it's not just Eli. And like Barkley was defending Eli, stating that this season didn't go bad because of Eli. It was a team effort that we all sucked in the first half of the year. You don't hear that from anyone on the Vikings. And in fact, no, you saw true. Adam Thielen yelling at Kirk Cousins last night. You saw Stephon Diggs. It was starting to brew, man, in the huddle. He was mouthing off. And Kirk Cousins was trying to ignore it. And Thielen told Diggs, chill out, chill out. Diggs didn't really chill out. I think he wanted Cousins to hear what he was saying. You know, I just, you know, I don't think, you know, like you heard it when Alex Smith was there, like how much they loved him in Washington. It's nice to have a leader. It's nice to have a guy in the huddle that we, you know, that you you you, you listen to. And the Redskins, you didn't have to read between the lines, George. They all were saying, "Yeah, Alex Smith is a team guy. Kirk Cousins wasn't." That's always a uh, hint of how they felt about the former player when they don't. They don't necessarily knock the former player, but they really praise the new guy. The new also, guy. We heard about yeah. <laughs> what did we hear about Cousins last year? We heard over and over again that you know he wasn't taking chances, which. Uh, could mean, okay, he's just being the safe play, but it could also mean he was trying to protect his stats because he knew he was going to be a free agent at the end of the year. And we heard this a couple of times last year. And where is this coming from? Because of the coaching staff, the players, do the, the wide receivers feel that way, that he's not, he's not throwing the ball into coverage. Sometimes you have to do that as a quarterback, but Kirk wasn't because some people thought he was protecting his stats so they looked better in his free agent year. So I'm not surprised by this. Uh, I, I, I don't. I think the... I don't know if you, you want to knock the Vikings. That's fine. But we have to remember, the Vikings didn't offer him the most money. The Jets actually offered him. Jets did. I know. I know. The yeah, Jets you know, offered you know, him more money. <laughs> yeah, he did. You know who else offered him um, money, but he didn't uh, want to go there? The Cleveland Browns. Imagine. They they give Kirk Cousins because uh, he's from Ohio, even though he played in Michigan State. He's from Ohio. And they wanted to pay him, and he didn't. He was like, "Nah, he didn't. He didn't buy into it." He was like, "Nah, I'm not going to be a Brown." He would have, and then they wouldn't have had Baker Mayfield, who looks like they have a quarterback for the future right now, and a, and a good one. So it's amazing. Like you know, it's funny. Like uh, Jerry Jones, your your boy George, he wanted to take. Uh, he wanted to take Connor Cook. They were locked in. They were locked in. They were going to take Connor Cook in the fourth round. The Raiders took a Raiders one pick took, before. Yeah, right. And then the Cowboys took Doc Prescott. And Doc Prescott wasn't even high on their list. Yeah.
All right, we'll take a quick break. Major League Baseball hot stove. Kurtz loves his baseball. A lot of baseball talk going on. We hit it on the other side. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. We'll jump in. We'll take a look at the NFL uh, playoff picture a little bit uh, later on. We got the NHL card. We'll get into some DFS uh, later on. Yeah, I thought I was going to do pretty big in uh, NBA last night in DFS. It looked like I was going to do all right, but uh, it all fell apart. Fell apart late. Uh, But uh, if you like to wager on sports, uh, head on over to BetDSI. Wagering options on every sport you can think of. Uh, you can utilize your daily fantasy skills without salary cap or restraints. You can bet on esports, politics, reality, television, any sport you want. They've got live betting as well. Uh, use promo code FNTSY100. That's FNTSY100 when signing up and get a 100% uh, deposit uh, bonus. Once you've opened up your account, go over to dailyroto.com and click on contact us and send us your BetDSI username. And uh, we'll give you one month free of DailyRoto.com. Um, that's access to all the tools, optimizers, algorithms. Head on over. Open up your account at BetTSI. Uh, that's promo code FNTSY100. You get a 100% sign-up bonus. And then you take your username. Once you've signed up at BetTSI, you give it to uh, DailyRoto on the Contact Us uh, page. And uh, you get uh, access to DailyRoto.com. Uh, free for a month, so it's a win-win. You get free money to play with in the sports book, and you get free information to help you bet with uh, from yeah. DailyRoto.com. Not free. BetDSI. BetDSI.com. Promo code FNTSY100. All right, um, so let me uh, let yeah. me check back in with the Major League Baseball hot stove uh, right now. And the big talk, of course, uh, George, is – Will the New York Yankees and New York Mets be part of a three-way deal? The Yankees and the Mets are always very, very reluctant and hesitant to deal with each other uh, due to the proximity and the, the media coverage. And, I, you know, I still wonder if Syndergaard really, if they really want Syndergaard to end up on the New York Yankees after all of this. But the Mets seem hell-bent on getting real mudo right now. I don't know. It seems to be pretty fluid. Every time you hit refresh, John Heyman and Rosenthal, there's a new team involved. The Dodgers are in on this. It seems like the Marlins have a little bidding war going on, and it also seems like the Mets aren't really sure if they want to trade Syndergaard either. 
Well, from what we're hearing, it looks like uh, if the Mets want, they do seem to be the hottest team for them. They have a choice to make. If they want to just make a deal, Mets and Marlins, they're going to have to give up Rosario as part of the deal. And they seem hesitant yeah. to do that to give up a franchise. That's the shortstop player. prospect, right? Yeah. Right. Well, he's he's more than a yeah. He's been with the team now. He's, he's good. Yeah, no, I know, but he's he he's good. Yeah, he's the he's, he's the blue he's chipper. Good. He's the yeah. blue chip yeah. sort of value piece. Yeah. But he's not, you know, he's not uh, an up and coming superstar. You know, he's good, but he could be a good short and short. Yeah, but why would you do that? Why why would you do that? Why would you do that if you already have Real Mudo? That's what I don't understand. Just be, I guess, all because of the money. But it's like the Marlins just perpetually spin their wheels. Yeah, I think they realize uh, Romulo's already told them he's not. I'm not signing there. I don't care. Well, I'm, I'm going. So you got to get something for him now. The, maybe the earlier you trade him, the more you can get back. The longer you wait, you get less and less back. So it does make sense for the Marlins to move him now. Let's face it. Come on, they're not going to compete for years. So even if they got better immediately, I don't know if Romulo stays there. So I think it makes sense. And for I, know the to move him. I know he's, he's good. I know he's good, Real Mudo. He's but damn good. I know, he but is. is he worth? Is he, is he worth everyone? He's not worth like, Sendergaard having have in Sky for this. No, exactly. It makes you wonder, though. I mean, that the Mets are so willing to move Sendergaard. What when a team is willing to move? I don't want to say he's a superstar. Good he's point, a star George. Player, a really good player. Yep. Why? And it's his agent. Remember, this is his former agent. So right. What what do they know that nobody else knows here? So it's interesting. That's what he's the always hurt. The deal. Uh, that's yeah. part of it, and that could be maybe they know something long term. That, you know, the doctors have told him, listen, this guy's an elbow injury waiting to happen here. You know, he's Tommy John waiting to happen. Could very well be. But as for the Yankee deal, you know, you would have asked me this at any other time. I would have told you no way in hell. You know, the Mets and Yankees don't do deals. Cashman would do it, but the Mets would never do it. But this is, you know, this is BBW, man. He's a guy I don't think he cares about the Yankees or anybody else. He'll deal with anybody as long as he gets the player he wants. You look at all the shopping he's doing. He's shopping for a quality A players. He's not going for the B's and C's. He wants the number one seed. He's trying to make a big splash here. Damn the future. He wants to win now. Uh, so it wouldn't shock me anymore, but I really don't think he'll do a deal. My guess is the Mets want him. Rosario's going. And you guys remember, too, when uh, remember when the Blue Jays gave now, they released Tulowitzki, $38 million left in his contract. Remember that discussion? Oh, they just, they just raped Colorado in that deal. Well, Colorado obviously knew this guy was a broken-down guy at the, end, at the end of his career with the injuries, and he barely did anything for them. So to George's point, uh, yeah, this could be a, deep, uh, a deeper-lying injury and something that could be uh, maybe career-threatening. It's just that you it's know, two it's, it's organizations good... now. Two, two GMs want, uh, have talked about getting rid of him, right? Last year and now the new guy. It's, it's suspicious to me. The fact that he's his former agent makes, like I said, it, just, it raises some eyebrows here. Yeah, and, and I, think, I think it could be a character issue, right? Is he, is he, you know, there's the health issue, and then is he the guy you sort of want to build your team around? You know, he, you know he'll be able to handle the pressure of being a Yankee. It's just... You know that the health situation, as you stated, I'd be, I'd be, relu- I'd be a little reluctant too. I'd be wondering why they want to do it so badly. And look, I, I like Syndergaard. Put it this way: even if, let's say you're playing in a high, high stakes fantasy baseball league, season long, are you drafting Noah Syndergaard? Am I drafting him? Sure. Where? <laughs> that's that's the yeah, question. Well, that's, yeah. So that's the thing, right? So it's sort of like this is real high stakes for real. They, 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 they've, you know, they've got to be careful. But at the same point in time, we talked about this a lot. The Yankees, it's the only way they're going to get a blue, an ace, right, is through a trade. And, you know, I don't, you know, right now you've got, you know, the, the this whole Kluber stuff 
and Bauer stuff seems to be ongoing right now. I'm surprised the Yankees aren't in on that conversation, but you know it could be that Cleveland wants to deal these guys to the National League as well. Yeah, we hear the Dodgers are big with uh, Kluber and Bauer. They can give up Verdugo. I'm sure the Yankees are involved. I think when you listen to Cashman talk, he's pretty much saying that. You know, all the, a lot of balls in the air. I've contacted 29 other teams, you know, or 28 other teams. The you know, Dodgers, the Dodgers, George, the Sox. reportedly, the Dodgers supposedly have offered Verdugo for, for real Mudo, too. Just for the record. Supposedly the Dodgers threw that out there. The Dodgers, the Dodgers like, don't want to put... They don't want to touch. They never like touching their roster, right? But they always have great farm system, and they seem to do a good job of hanging on to the right guys. I brought it up yesterday. When you look at all the rookies of years these guys have, like it's it's crazy how the, how they produce this stuff. But it's crazy. The Dodgers feel that they're that freaking close. And look, you know, Grandal and Austin Barnes were a big problem for them in the World Series uh, this year. They're looking at Real Modo, thinking, you know what? Screw it. We'll give up our best prospect in Verdugo to get this guy. There's also rumors flying out there that the Dodgers want to, they want to clear outfielders. They have a glut of them because they want to make a run at Harper as well. And there's that rumor flying out there as well that that could be a Harper landing spot. Now, like some people are speculating that's the favorite for Bryce Harper right now. So the Dodgers have lots of balls in the air as well because you mentioned it. <laughs> they're in on Romuto. They're in on Kluber, Bauer from Cleveland in a trade. And they're also in on Harper. Well, they're not going to get all three. So it's, uh, I bet you wonder what the Dodgers are going to do. Another team with a lot of money. There's a lot, a lot of, of talk. Money, yeah. A lot of yeah. talk here, Gabe, that uh, Marcus Stroman and Aaron Sanchez are on the block, like uh, one or both. Like it yes. obviously is. Yeah. So, so. And I've heard Brian Cashman. I've heard Brian Cashman uh, is interested uh, in them as well. Yes, I've heard the Yankees and Stroman. There's 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 been uh, chatter, but uh, not, not, nothing concrete. But they're talking. Hey, anybody for this roster? You talk. I wonder. Strip it down. They're going to strip it down. I I wonder about Stroman with the New York Yankees, though. Strowman is going to like it. He's going to tweet and, oh, I can't, you know what I mean? He's, he's very, he's brash. Yet at the same point in time, he struggled in big moments before. Yes, I'm not has. sure his game is suited for Yankee Stadium. Do you, what, what's your, do you like Marcus Strowman? If you're a Yankee fan, do you want Marcus Strowman on your team, George? He's actually from uh, about 15 minutes away from where I live. His father still lives there out in uh, Patrick, yep. I believe. So, uh, yeah, not too far away from me. Uh, I think, listen, that the Yankees will... Of course, they're going to knock on some doors. They'll uh, kick the tires here, see what the uh, Blue Jays want for them. But the price for the Yankees to get Stroman or Sanchez will be higher than anybody else. I don't think a deal is going to be made here. The Yankees, they need guys who are more rel- – they don't need another Stroman or Sanchez. They need guys, top-end guys. Sanchez can't stay healthy. Stroman had a bad year last year. He was banged up. The Yankees are going to need more reliable players than that or more reliable pitchers than that. They're not going to give up top-end talent to acquire than that. Yeah, that's that's the thing. They they want to go they they want to go after a hefty big name. And I got to be honest with you, the way Strowman's pitching, he looks like a guy that could regress even more. Like you know, just with his body type and stuff. Like remember Roy Oswald? He's like a small the bulldog dude. for a while. Yes, that's the thing. Like he was amazing, Gabe. But I just don't know how long. Just with the delivery and the tear, I don't I, I don't see him getting like I could see him regressing. He doesn't before have he gets healthier and better to me either. Strowman. Yeah, he's good, but he's not great. You know what I mean? Like he's really like a three. You know what I mean? He's not – I don't even really think he's a real one and two. Sanchez is real interesting. He's an electric talent. Aaron Sanchez, he really is. Yep. I think if I would be sort of more – you know, I think there's more upside with Sanchez. But Sanchez, like everyone in the Blue Jays organization, has had health concerns. Right? And, you know, that I don't, I don't know what it is with their pitchers, but it's just it just is. It just is what it is. So as far as Bryce Harper's concerned – 
Man, I don't know. I wonder about Harper. You know, it's weird, too, because he's going to put up numbers. So when you hear people say he's not a winner, I don't know. Do you buy into that, George, when it comes to numbers in baseball? Because I've, bo- I've heard both sides of this. Like, I've heard sort of baseball guys say, yeah, man, you don't want Harper in your clubhouse. And, you know, it's just, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll put up big numbers, but you don't win. And then you'll hear other people say, that's crazy talk. You know what I mean? The guy, you put him out there, he's going to give you 30, 35, maybe more. He's going to give you 30, 35 home runs. going to give you, you know, 100 RBIs, et cetera. And I don't really care whether he's the he's a bubbly guy with everybody. And the thing is with Harper, he's not a bad guy, but he rubs some people the wrong way, and even his teammates at times. What's your take on Harper? Like, I've, I, I read a lot about Harper, and – they, people really are split on him. I hear GM saying, there's no way in hell I'd have this guy on my team. And other guys are like, yeah, he's kind of an a-hole, but he's not a bad guy. He's just sort of a you know, prima donna. What's your take on Harper? Well, I think two things come to mind here. One, if he's such an a-hole, why did Washington offer $300 million? I mean, they, they made an offer. They wanted to keep him here, so they, and they know him best, yet they made an offer to keep him. So they, it wasn't like they would die and get rid of him, unless you're going to play the conspiracy theory where, oh, we'll make the offer to satisfy our fans, but we know they're going to turn it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I was sort of yeah. thinking. Was it, is it a sincere offer? But that was still on the table. I mean, apparently, of course, that's yeah, offer is yeah, still there. Right. So they haven't, they haven't pulled it. Uh, $300 million it. is pretty sincere, I'd say. Yeah, yeah <laughs> very sincere. right? <laughs> but we also, $300 million. <laughs> yeah, after, I wouldn't mind three hundred million. After yeah, Cashman came out yesterday and said that the uh, you know the Yankees have no interest in him, and you know why are you even asking me about this? Then the rumors are starting where came out that one of the reasons why is that they don't think he a Harper would play in the Yankee clubhouse. Now whether that's with the players, yeah, or his players personality, or the media. Remember the media here would eat him alive. If he starts being a jerk. You know they'll just go right after him, and I, I think that could be a problem. He can't just be. You know, go over four against the Red Sox in a big game, and then leave the clubhouse. His personality yeah. is not good for the East Coast. No, he's yeah. he, he's from Las Vegas. Yeah, West he's Coast. from Las Vegas. He should be. He should really be in California or Arizona. You know, I, I to me personally, I I, uh, I don't know. I he, you know, it seems like he wants to be a Cub, but they don't want to do it. So it's kind of weird with Harper, but I just don't see him playing well in New York, bro. I'm, and I don't mean him not playing physically well, but number one, yeah, I wonder about, like, the, the pressure with him here, how he reacts. He's not like Stanton that'll be like, oh, well, i got to play better. Harper will start telling people off back, you know what I mean? So it, 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 it could get, like, he could pick enemies real fast in New York, uh, George, if Harper was a Yankee. Yeah, I think he'd have, he'd have fights with the media, and that wouldn't go over well at all here. It just wouldn't. And listen, let's face it. The Yankees, as much as his left-handed bat would be nice for the lineup, where is he going to play, or who are you going to get rid of? You already got, yeah. you got too many outfielders as it is. Yep. You know, I don't, I, I was surprised they re-signed Gardner. Not that there's anything wrong with. Remember, Gardner. there was the okay talk they player. wanted, and they made, they they were going to make him play first base. They were going to say, "Listen, That's we're going to ask idea. Harper if he'll play first base." I know. Yeah. Going to give him three hundred fifty yeah. million dollars to have him play a brand new position. That was just silly. That was never going to happen. Nice to have, you know, for uh, for his agent to put that out there as an, uh, a possibility. But that would just be. I mean, come on. You're going to pay the man three fifty or three twenty five, whatever he's going to get in the millions, just to play a different position, a position you have no idea if he can play at all. He's just not a fit because the Yankees don't need him. They already have two right fielders in Judge and Stanton. One is going to have to play at a position. You're going to have three. Not going to happen. Machado makes a, makes much more sense for the Yankees. Another thing, I kept thinking, I kept the thinking Cam Harper will end up on the Phillies. Yeah, 
Davil, here's the thing about the Phillies. So they pick up Andrew McCutcheon today. They got a loaded outfield, but I think, and they already picked up Gene Segura earlier. They're doing, you know, they got good young pitching with Nola and like th- this is the team. Don't count the Phillies out, guys. I think they're they're the ones trying to package something together for for Harper. They're really making a splash in the offseason. I think I think if there's an East Coast team, Philadelphia makes a lot of sense. Agreed. They said they were going to spend a stupid amount of money, too, right? They make a lot of sense for yeah. the Hopper, but once again, they really need a center fielder more than a corner outfielder there, so that could be an issue. I think the Phillies also make sense for Machado. I mean, he can play uh, short yeah. or third. You know, Segura can move around as well, second base. They can have some uh, issues there. Uh, so I think uh, I think Phil Levy's going to nail one of them, but I'm surprised that at this point in time we haven't heard them as a definite for one. Because I thought, I, I thought they were the same as you, Cam. I actually had them penciled down for one, maybe even both, because they have the money, the big TV contract. They want to make a splash. And why? I mean, uh, does Hopper not want to go there? Does Machado not want to go there? Is that the problem? Because I'm surprised we haven't heard more rumors. And today when they signed McCutcheon, are they sort of admitting now uh, Hopper's out? He's definitely not coming here. We'll focus on Machado. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I don't know. That's the Phillies. I, I, I think the Phillies would be a great spot to go personally with the young pitching they have, and everyone's talking Atlanta. I think that'd be they're, they're a team on the rise, but that's just me. <laughs> uh, just for the record, I threw it out there uh, last month. Um, basically, the the Tampa Bay, the city of Tampa, or St. Petersburg, or Tampa, the area, etc. They have until December thirty first to to approve a stadium. It got shot down today. It ain't happening. Yeah. See so ya. now the the Rays the Rays owners are saying the right things. We're you know we want to see what we can do. We you know and then now the, the the government's talking. See if you can hang in until twenty twenty four. I'm just saying this because there was a report out of Montreal that I believe that Rob Manford told baseball get an Olympic Stadium ready. You guys might get the Rays like this year type thing. So now the ownership of the Rays actually will have a little clause to get the hell out of there. It'll be interesting to see. I don't know if, and nothing's ever going to change in Tampa Bay. I mean, you know, if they, if I had the opportunity to leave Tampa, I would at this point in time. I don't really see why you would stay. It's a football state. It's not, you know, you, you know baseball has never done well in Florida. The Marlins, it's it's been brief when they when they they won the World Series, etc. George Kurtz, it's always a pleasure, George. Time always flies by when you're on. Always have a great time talking to you guys. Good luck tonight. Yeah, we need it. George Kurtz. <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah. 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 Should have just bet on the Red Wings. Stupid football it wasn't game. For bad luck. Uh, yeah. I mean, not at all, I believe, the country music song once said. Correct. I don't know the song, but I'm sure they said it. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. Game Time Decisions continues. Ready to rage, ready. There'll be no monologue. Cap feet hurt. (laughs) Now you know why... (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, you know why, 
Now you know why no Krusty the Clowns uh, line is... Uh. Now I'm with you, Marenzi. I walked around that stupid mall that you were at when you were doing the homicide record with my brother. I feel like I'm 90 years old. No, seriously. I don't know about the extensions. Like, how do you not get lost there? And I love the directory, too. It doesn't even have... You are here. Exactly what you said. I was thinking, God, Gabe told me all this stuff, man. It sucked. And my legs hurt. I got a knee brace on right now. I can barely move. I did get lost in there. Yeah, yeah. you are here. Oh, oh. I, it was like, yeah. Yeah, I know where I am. That doesn't help me. Like, honestly, <laughs> I, I said that. Like, why does it, why the hell don't malls have, like, addresses? Like, why does it just say store store one, store two, store three? So you can look. All right, there's store 14. I got to go to store 21. It's that way. Like you said, oh, and I asked you, look at the directory, sir. Like the directory, bro. Like it was basically like I could build a bomb easier than like read that directory. The <laughs> like, oh, like, I'm like I don't yeah. understand this. I'm looking around. No. I'm like I don't know what this means, man. Like, well, it's like a says, I am here. It's like yeah, that oh. doesn't help me. No, I I, I go parking. I'm, I'm thinking it like, took me like an hour to find the car. It's just it's absolutely stupid. Like it's just what a horrible experience I was. I had to go pick up some stuff today. But yeah, yeah. you want stupid? I, I feel for you. You want stupid? <laughs> I'll tell you stupid. The final mix is in, and now the, the guitarist of Homicide sends me a message telling me that he doesn't like one of the songs. And even though, even though he was there when we did this, he's like, well, you know, and he put this solo in. He's like, I want to take my solo out now. Dude, the song was mixed on Monday, like two days ago, like yeah. yesterday. He sends me a message on Saturday night when he's drunk about how he wants to take the solo out. Thomas, too Ooh. late. It's too late. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, what do they do? Yeah, do they, think, they think what? They think you live like like in a cot at the yeah. studio? You live in New yeah, Jersey. Yeah. You live so in get New this, Jersey. Exactly. He, he asked me. He's like, he goes, I don't care. You can take the solo out if you want, dude. Go and go, yeah. go and do it. That's what I'm gonna tell him. Go do it. But yeah, yeah. He's like. Uh, and he wants me to sing over a part that we didn't sing over before. And so, yeah, basically he's asking me, so uh, can you come back? And uh, he wants me to come back to Toronto to essentially sing like four lines, bro. And it's already no. mixed and done. No, no, it's not happening. Like this isn't, this isn't, the no, new, no. this isn't the soundtrack to the new Star Wars movie here. Like I told yeah, you, you got to live with it. Like, you know what I mean? Guy thinks you're Led Zeppelin. Oh, yeah. okay, well, we it's not like Steven Spielberg <laughs> says, hey, guys, I don't like Section H here. You know what I'm saying? Your buddy sounds like more like Steven Spielberg instead of Steven Spielberg, the way he's running the show here. This is, I don't think he understands the situation. The flight, you have to go out there. Then you got to book another hotel. Then you have to do it. And the Jokers from uh, Metalworks, where's the money? You got to pay these guys. Like, it's not happening, man. It's not happening. Like, it's, come on. Oh, no, it's, it's beyond frustrating. Beyond for I got to deal with this idiot after the show, <laughs> and um, no, it's be it's beyond for us. No, it just stupid, it just is. I, no. <laughs> and uh, now he wants to play a show on on January twenty fifth. Where? And in I think it's in Montreal. Yeah. Well, and um, it's like, uh, yeah, dude, I don't have time to rehearse for this stuff. Like, it's just you know, what I mean, like he doesn't get yeah. it. You know, it's like I just don't have, like, uh, time to go back and forth yeah. to studio. So, 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 so let's see. Fly let's see. around to play a gig that I'm going to make 200 bucks for. That's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that 
that's the that's the point. It's not like you're it's not like you're in a band where they're greasing you with like dimes, like you're playing like a super stadium show, right? Club gigs. It's gonna you're gonna make a couple hundred bucks doing the show. Hell, the travel and hotel and everything's gonna be triple to quadruple what you're gonna make. It makes no sense. Yeah, this guy's living in a dream world. No, and you know what? I'm not opposed. Like, hey, sure, I'd like to play have fun, but shows on yeah. a Friday night. Can't rehearse before. I'm not flying back and forth in and out to rehearse every weekend. Like, uh, you know, how about we just get this freaking record out and pay for it, the rest of it? We still owe for, like, the mix and the master here. This guy wants to go back, and now he's talking about shows. So <laughs> <laughs> I got to deal with, Ken. Yeah, I, know. I just thought of it because you told me about Mississauga. It's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not staying at that. I'm not going back. No. Like, no I actually made what, yeah. When I left Mississauga, I was like, well, I'll see you, Mississauga. You know what I mean? It was one of those. Like, well, well Morency, like, if, you des- if you decide to come back, I can get you a great deal at the Monte Carlo and Sandman, the hotels of the Metro Stars indoor soccer team. <laughs> oh, is that the official hotel? <laughs> yeah, the Sandman. Yeah, they can't afford the Novotel. <laughs> oh, they can't afford the Novotel. No, the Sandman. I, 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 I literally think too. I don't want to. I don't want. Novotel's a good hotel, actually. I oh, got it's no a bear- that hotel. Oh, it's a nice, no- good oh. hotel. The Novotel's amazing. I'm just going to tell you though, man. I, I have a feeling. I have a feeling that these teams, when they come there, the whole team sleeps in like one or two rooms. They're not like a regular pro team where every kid gets a room. Like, I think they got, like, oh, six no. guys. In, no, they're crashing in the room. Like, there's no way. Like, they're what are they making per game? 100 bucks, 150 bucks. Like, they're not even a professional. Yeah, like, it's it's crazy. I didn't, Like, I'm trying to do the math thinking, like, okay, so the Kansas City Comets come into town on Thursday. How the hell are they, like, how are they making money in this thing? I'm starting to think it's a shell company. Long, uh... <laughs> I'm well, just joking. That's, that's, yeah. that's just a joke. Just, just joking. Just joking. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, just entertainment for the show. But honestly, where's the money coming from? Like, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I, dude, like these sports teams, exactly. Like, you know, like oh yeah, no, and the guy, sh- he gave. I'm getting shaken down too. So, I did flyers with this guy. I did a whole voiceover. The team used to be called the Toronto Rage, right? So. I went around town. I did flyers. I've done envelopes. I've, I've done tickets, like computer programs. Like, not just the voice, but I've been doing, because obviously it's not a professional team. You have to have your hands in many pies. So I come up. I go, he owed me 800 bucks, right? So I did the game and whatever. He's like, how about I just pay It's a professional like, team. Yeah, yeah. It's but a I'm professional just saying, team. It's just it's not, not MLS. No, it's not it's, MLS. Yeah, it's semi-pro. So what? I'm, instead of eight, he wanted to pay you five. Yeah, he's kind of like like the negotiations. It's kind of like that's yeah, not a good. That's not a, that's not a. It's not a good sign cam when there's only been one game, and they're yeah, 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 yeah. like lowballing you. Yeah, yeah, no, he owes me from work before, so I'm just I, I'm kind of like I don't want to do like much more. It's kind of like when you get behind on checks and there's going to be a bigger one. I'm kind of like, well, I kind of need it now before it gets out of control. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't have the guy say, I owe you two or three dimes. That's just not going to happen because he doesn't, I'm not sure he's got it. Anyway, Gabe, we especially, all got problems, buddy. <laughs> yeah, especially in a league that might not be around. Good point. Yeah. I Look, hope it's I, around, though. I've been there. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. But Look, yeah, when, when Vince Neal Vince got the Arena Football League team in Las Vegas, I contacted them. And yeah. uh, I told him nobody, nobody's more suited to do this play-by-play than me. For like Vince Neal's yep. Arena Football League team, Sounds they good. called my bluff. They called my bluff pretty much, and they were like, "Yeah, we agree." Yeah, I mean, it got back to me, and they were like, "Yeah, we're in." 
And you remember, dude, you'll remember this. Uh, remember at the Lingerie Bowl? Yes, we yes, I do. Bowl? Correct. Well, you remember, remember we got to hammered with that guy, and he was a Florida Gator? Yeah. He was like all Florida. He had the puffy hair, and he was like the gold chains. He was like a poor man's Dan Marino. He was like a Florida Gator <laughs> quarterback, and uh, he played in the Arena League, and he was like the GM of one of the lingerie teams, <laughs> right? He was awesome. there. He was the GM. He was the GM of the Las Vegas Arena Football League team. So, like, I contacted his office and stuff. Like, he remembered us. Like, he was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, so, and then I realized, I was like, man, I got to be careful of what I wish for here. Like, you know, this is a pretty shaky operation. I started to hear already players weren't getting paid in training camp and stuff. And, you know, then, you know, I like Molly Crew and I like Vince Neal, but do you really want to be counting on your rent being paid if Vince Neal pays you on time on our camp? <laughs> No, I don't. That's why we work here at the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. This is a side project. You know what I'm saying? I said it was a fun side project. I went, you know, a couple hundred bucks a game just to, hey, everybody, two for one at the Monte Carlo. And, hey, come on down to the Red Lobster with your uh, Metro Stars ticket. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to do this stuff. But uh, for the record, exactly. Let's get paid. I just want to state state the Las Vegas uh, outlaws, as they were called, they didn't last their season. They folded after, like, eight games. (laughs) Really? Oh, geez. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. They shut it down. And the first game, too, was like over the top. Like Vince Neal performed and stuff. You know what I mean? And he sold a bunch of tickets, but it sort of tapered off after that. And, uh, and then, yeah, then I think everyone got sued. There was disputes. I think Vince was like, oh, I really don't own the team. I only own a part of it. And like it got all. Yeah, it, did, it didn't last. It didn't last very long. Well, he's um, still doing. The, he right. still owns the circus, circus, right? <laughs> or the bar? There. He owns the rest. He owns the bar in circus, circus. Yeah. He owns yeah. a bar in circus, circus. Fair enough. To be honest, most of Vince Neal's businesses fail. Yet I, I give him credit, in which he's not just like a rock star that's like a has been that just sort of is blowing his money. Like he is a businessman. Like he's got a lot of things. Like in Vegas, like he's very local. Like infused. You know, like he had, a, he had a string. He had a, uh, he had a couple of tattoo parlors around town. Vince, Vince Neil tattoo parlors. And he's pretty smart. Like he gets in hotels and stuff, so like tourists buy into his name, right? So like the tattoo parlor place, um, it was at Circus Circus, and it was doing it did well. I, uh, but I don't know, it closed. I don't know what happened, but it closed for some reason. Uh, there was the Vince Neil uh, Rock Bar Strip Club. He opened up, like, a strip club, but he made it like a rock bar. So there was, like, local rock bands would play, and there'd be strippers. Except it didn't work because perverts that are going to a strip club don't want a rock band and a bunch of, like, rock kids and dumb fans hanging yeah. out. No, they don't. And, they want strippers. And <laughs> chicks and people, like, how are you going to go to your girlfriend? Oh, let's go see this local band at the strip club. You know what I mean? Yeah, good point. Like, it was, yeah, like, he, he, you, you got to go with one or the other. Like, you know, you got the money, Vince. Just open up a rock bar and a strip club. Put them next to each other if you want. You know what I'm saying? Like, in Vegas, all these places are in strip malls anyways. So, it's like you could have just put it in, in, you know, open up a strip club and and a rock bar if you wanted. But he had a rock bar strip club. And it didn't work. 
Like yeah, everyone idea. that went there was like, nah, man, the drinks are expensive for The Rock uh, because it's a strip club. So it's like you're trying to support the local rock scene. Like you'd have local rock bands and like smaller bands like L.A. Guns or you know what I mean? Like yep. he'd crank in like fa- faster pussycat, like sort of metal bands he knew or local bands, cover bands he'd have and stuff. And like I said, you know, why would you go? Why do you want to do that? Gab? If you want that, if you're a tourist in Vegas, you're just going to go to Treasures or Spearmint Rhino or something. Great point. Yeah, right. no, the same the you, same you, thing you happened know, you're Pappers, not go to a Pappers rock show. Bar. Yeah, they had the same yeah. thing. They had a me- they had a metal bar, right? And the idea it's failing. So these guys are losing like a like a hundred thousand dollars a month. Like they they can't get any beer. And and, and we walk, walk in. There. Yeah, like why are you going to bring your chick there when there's a chick like naked, dressed up in paint, and whatever? So you can't really bring your girlfriend to see the acts. You can't do anything. Yeah, it's one of those things. You got to pick one or the other. Usually the fusion doesn't work, buddy. This ain't Japanese cuisine. No, no, no. Um, he had a. Um... He's had he's had it all, man. I think he had, he had the car wash. I know Kiss had a car wash. I think Vince had the car washes too. Um, you know, hey, hey, you know, God bless him. He's uh, he's a member of the Vegas community. He does like he donates money and like he's got he's still got like a lot of local a uh, lot of local things uh, going. You see him at the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Remember he gave his car. He he let yeah. one of the players drive his car around. Yeah, it was like Carlson or somebody. Yeah, and it's a nice car, man. That thing is. Whew, it's a sweet ride. Sweet ride. He's got like a gold. He got a golden night car. Like he got a golden yeah. night like, <laughs> custom paint job. <laughs> he, he does support the local talent and stuff. You got to hand it to him. Like he's oh, all he in does. the yeah, yeah. I like that. I I really like that. That's good. And he's a nice guy too. Like he's um, like he 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 takes pictures with people. And you know what I mean? Like he's 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 approachable. You know what I'm saying? He's like yeah. Uh, he's approachable. Like. I used to see Mike Tyson around all the time. Mike Tyson is not approachable. No, no. Which is not, yeah, not not surprising. But the thing is, Mike Tyson's a nice guy, but it's like he doesn't like people just coming up to him, like in Vegas. Like, it's not like, hey, there's Mike Tyson. Can I take a picture with you? Like, it's <laughs> like, yeah, for like, sure. Uh, I saw him in a couple of times. People were like, no, 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 don't talk to him. They're like, yeah, they were like, trust me, don't go up to him. And, uh, and then you're like, basically, Tyson will talk to you when he's on the clock. You know what I mean? Like when Tyson does like an autograph signing or like yeah, a yeah. appearance it, at a casino, he's all smiles. It's, it's, He'll take yeah. a picture with you. But yeah, no surprise. Like, he lives there. So no when surprise. he's out there like just gambling or something, he doesn't want to be bothered. You know? Can't really blame him. I don't mind doing it. You've done it before. You do a million of them. And. It's nice, but yeah, some days you just kind of want to do your own thing. You know what I'm saying? So you can't really blame him if, he, if he's going to. Well, the locals don't. Especially, yeah, the it's locals tourists. don't bother. It's tourists, exactly. exactly. Tourists see him. They're like, "Oh my God, it's Mike Tyson!" Like you Tyson. see him all the time when you live there. You're like, "Oh, there's Tyson. There's Tyson." Like for me, it was just frustrating because I like Tyson a lot, and I saw him like so many times, but I never talked to him. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like, once I was drunk, I was like, man, I don't care. I'm going up there. And they were like, bro, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> and I didn't. I got close, and I saw he had, like, three, four big dudes around him. And I was like, this ain't happening. All right? I'm not. You can't You can't get close to him, basically. Flavor Flav is a guy. He's very he's, – he's around Vegas all the time. I told you my boy Frank Thomas. Um, it's oh, funny, I play Blackjack, Thomas, yeah. Of course, sponsored. I, yeah, I yeah. play Blackjack, Tom, friend of the program. Yep. Sponsored. Thomas – Thomas, I saw Thomas. I used to see Thomas all the time, but I saw him uh, at area, and uh, he told me, oh, yeah, man, I used to watch you in the clubhouse. I used to watch you in the clubhouse in Toronto because, um, you know, he was, a, he was a long-time Toronto Blue Jay. 
uh, Frank Thomas. He hang, but Frank Thomas hangs out at the nice casinos. He's not at like, uh, like Frank Thomas yeah. hangs out at Area and Bellagio and Wynn and stuff like that. He's got money, and, so he's yeah, not. Yeah, me and T Bone. He's not he in the strat. Yeah, we and T Bone saw Frank Thomas in the late China at uh, yeah at, at M. And no, no, sorry, it was at a local casino where T Bone took me for a stake. Might have been the M, but it was a local casino. It wasn't a tourist one. Out of probably town. Green Valley Resort. Yeah, yeah, might have been Green Valley. Good call. Game time decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Continue Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Game time decision. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Gabriel Bradsy alongside Cam Stewart. You heading down the uh, book my tonight? Boy, or uh, what's no, your plan? No, no. I still have a couple of bucks because of Dalvin Cook, but uh, yeah, I haven't I been to the book in, in like a week and a half. I'm going on Thursday to the book. I'm going to shake things up. I'm going to go to the book on Thursday. I'm going to play uh, the Thursday nighter with the Chiefs and the Chargers. Great game. I've already bet that uh, game. Should be a good prop game. And then uh, the bowl, the bowl start on Saturday, so Good I'll call. get some bowl bets in on Thursday, right? I unleashed on the Chargers. I got I got them at uh, four. I see threes and three and a halfs out there, Marenzi. I'm locked in. I'm all, I'm all Chargers on Thursday night. I know uh, the the underdog. A lot of people are going to go with Kansas City, but take a look what's happened the last couple times, right? Uh, barely beating Oakland. They had problems with Baltimore. I understand the Chargers have uh, running back issues uh, with uh, Gordon banged up and Eckler, but that Jackson kid looked pretty good. And the Chiefs have a lot of guys nursing injuries. Sammy Watkins still out. Tyreek Hill has a foot injury. I just think the, the, the Chiefs, it's one of those times for the Chargers to step up and say, you know what, we're here. They're come back against Pittsburgh. I'm on the Chargers. I don't know how you feel about that game, but probably and we do teasers, and I, that's stupid when the game went under last night. But I got to believe Sandy, uh, uh, L.A. Chargers plus 10 over 44 would be something to look at. Uh, I can't disagree with that uh, teaser. It looks great. <laughs> they all look great, Marenzi, like, till, till it's a 3 yeah. nothing game in, uh, <laughs> in the fourth quarter. And you're sitting there going, wow, that's great. That's the problem. Like You, you do these damn teasers, and I'm going to tell you, doing the teaser with the total is one of those things. I'll only do it if I really like it now. I'm going to find another game and do it with. I know I still would have lost. I knew that game was a train wreck. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Actually, I'll give you, you you even mentioned it. Your first thing you talked about was, you know what? I got a feeling about the under, but I I don't bet unders. And see, it's just always. Seattle runs the ball so much now. It doesn't matter what the computer says or anything. Like they run the ball so much, the clock's true so much. They don't throw the ball. Like, they, they don't. You know, they when they do the – Dick Meyer brought it up. You know what I mean? They, they run the ball, and they, they score touchdowns. They get a couple of big plays. They'll score a touchdown. They're, they're a weird offense. Um, I just want to uh, – so, 
I, I brought up the Tampa Bay Rays situation earlier. And uh, so this is earlier in the day. It's going to fall through the radar. You know, it's going to fall under the radar and through the cracker with all the big names and, you know, the big teams doing stuff. But the Rays' future is up in the air right now for real. Like, it, it, well, legitimately, it legitimately is. Like, just for the record, they have an out clause. But their out clause is, like, for eight hours type of thing. It's literally, like, on the 31st. And so... I'm just saying that the the Rays owners could leave, man. And Rob Manford reportedly already told Montreal that if this thing falls through, they're probably going to leave. Now, the city of Tampa or St. Petersburg, the the quote the Tampa Bay Sports Authority, who is the you know the ones in charge of this stuff, not the team. They're the ones dealing with the team. They just said it's all good. It's all good. We're going to get this settled by 2024. Rob yeah, Manford <laughs> is saying that's not good enough. No, it's not. That's good not enough. good enough. What year? What, what because year are we and in? this is this 2018. <laughs> 20, yeah, and this six is, years. This is the state of Florida. We're going to wait six years, and for you politicians in Florida, are you kidding me? Yeah, no, right. So, so my boy Jeremy Flosa in Montreal is great reporter. He's on top of this, like, and he's always on top of this expo stuff. I mean, this is his deal. He's actually obtained a letter that Rob Manford just sent to the Tampa Bay Sports Authority. Uh, Dear Irwin, I'm writing a response to your letter to Stuart Steinberg. Stuart Steinberg's the guy that owns the race. Dated December 5th, uh, which I was copied. Uh, Blah, blah, blah. First, I want to express my support for the ballpark effort and my desire to be helpful in assisting all parties finding a way to keep a raise in Tampa Bay. Mr. Steinberg has kept me apprised of the ongoing dialogue with with you and your clients, and over the last couple, couple of years, I've consistently encouraged him to continue to explore a path forward that would be in the best interest of his club and Major League Baseball. And this is where he gets realer here. Well, I appreciate receiving a copy of your letter about the 2024 stuff. I appreciate receiving a copy of your letter, Mr. Steinberg. I am puzzled by the decision to inject me publicly into the process with only 20 days remaining in a three-year negotiating period before the Rays have to provide a response to the city. He's getting real now, Cam. You know what I mean? Oh, it's good. Yeah, I wish you luck, but now I want to just let you know about what's really going to happen here. Nonetheless, I've reviewed the contents of your letter. Because the letter is only a framework lacking specific details that would be necessary for me and my staff to begin to understand its merits and feasibility, uh, it's very difficult for me to take any position. I've shared this concern with Mr. Steinberg. For example, your proposal set forth... Um, uh, basically lacks, among other things, public commitments, private investor commitments, feasible financing plan, uncertain timetable, no no completion date for your project, no site, project cost. (laughs) It sounds like Major League Baseball has a lot of concerns with Tampa. They they don't have one. Basically, it's like, thanks for your letter, but you don't have jack shit. So, like, he's basically stating... Yeah, like, legalese, it's great here. Like, public commitments, a firm commitment to provide or arrange at least $475 million of funding, including specific commitment to provide appropriate backstops from public commitment. You know, private investor, actual commitment from private investors, including a specific mechanism for addressing any shortfalls. Feasible financing. Specify with clarity with respect to the viability of your financing plan, including details with respect to the process <laughs> of securing any necessary approval. Uncertain timetable. 
a realistic time frame in which is to consummate any transaction. Project completion date. Uh, certainty with respect to project completion date and assurances there are no remaining hurdles that will cause a significant delay. Site control. Assurances that your client has full control of the site. Project costs. Certainty is how increased project costs due to delay will be addressed moving forward. Once again, I'm happy to make myself available to, with respect to this matter. But considering the lack of specifics in your letter and a very short time that exists, I am not sure what assistance I can be at this juncture. <laughs> Sincerely, Rob Manford. In other words, he's saying, bro, you've got 20 days. Go F yourself. Dude. Yeah. They're done. The Montreal done. Expos. The Montreal Expos. This, Montreal might have a baseball team in a couple of months, bro. This oh, gets I, real. I, I, you know what? I, I would like to bet on them. So you basically I, I'm getting excited me. now. Like, I've no, got no, goosebumps I, I suddenly. I'm like, I'm get, like holy I, shit. This is real. I, no, no. no, it's very real. They basically had three things on that list with nothing completed. And these aren't small completions no. like, like you know, clean your room. Like, the Toronto Metro Stars have met more requirements, Cass, yes. than these guys. Yeah. <laughs> Mississauga Metro Stars. But yes, Gabe, we have. Basically, basically, they're telling them, listen, you don't have any money. You don't have a stadium. The public yeah, we doesn't got a stadium. want you. <laughs> we got, at least we got a stadium and a deal with the Sandman Inn. <laughs> these guys have nothing. That, you know, you said it, Montreal. And, and Montreal, when they left, Gabe, like, Tampa Bay, like, you, six years. Are you kidding me? Like, first of all, th- what's going to get better? Nothing. What is the worst environment in baseball? Tampa Bay. Like, you talk about and how what are they bad, gonna do? how going to play like is? that for six years the, with no money? Yeah. It's and people are going to be 3,000 people a game for the next six years They're again. Done. Like no, they, no, you're gonna, you better bring it back to Montreal. Now, you tell those people in Montreal, too, you show up for these damn games. You know, because they're going to get a team back. No, Tampa Bay, I would bet, like, as betting men. Uh, I don't like taking Montreal. other cities' team, but, no, it's, but yeah, they, they're they, at the end of the line here. It is right, what it Florida, is. So your team got taken, right? Yeah, it's by, by Washington. Yeah, yeah. How are the Nationals doing? They took the Expo, so you know, what's the deal? You know what I like about this, though? What I, my, 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 what I like about this is uh, the Rays are good, right? Yeah, like, no, yeah, they're yeah, like, yeah, I, I don't want the, the Expos come back, and it's just a sheer expansion team. Like you said, it's going to be a problem. Like, they'll be hot for the first three, four years, but if they suck forever, attendance will they'll lose interest. Exactly. Yeah, but you bring in a good young team right away into Montreal. They'll, and basically, I know it's the same thing. So, baseball, though, has the same threat to Montreal. Manfred, don't play around, as you see with his letter. Great yeah. job, eh? Get my, my buddy getting his letter. Oh, well, you're right. That's just like a no, great job. That, so. that's, that's like top secret file cabinets. Like, that's a, that's, yeah. That should be under lock so, and key. <laughs> I like how Manfred says, I don't know why you injected me publicly into this. He goes, I like it, Dad. We'd love to assist, but considering you've got 20 days and nothing on your side, I don't see how I can. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) It's like. He's very. And I guess. So this this letter, yeah, and it fell through today. Like at the winter meetings today, word got out that it ain't happening in Tampa. That Tampa shut down. They're not. It's not official. No one said, oh, they're moving to Montreal. But as I stated, my buddy who reported this letter also already reported like two months ago that Rob Manford pulled the new ownership group of Montreal. Yeah. Um, dude, do you think the new ownership group of Montreal were sitting with the commissioner at the World Series this year in Boston because they were fans? Yeah, exactly. Like they're in. They yeah. have money. Oh, it's the Bronfmans. Like I'm it's, it's money. Some, yeah. Like the original owner of the Expos was Charles Bronfman, Seagram's. Seagram's uh, Whiskey. Uh, yeah. They got a lot of money, and uh, they're a Montreal family. And 
you know, they bought Viacom, etc., and whatever. They made some, like, oh, you know, they got in entertainment, which is a problem. But Charles Bronfman regretted giving the Expos up. He loved the Expos, all right? Except he didn't want to pay Gary Carter a million dollars in 1984. And he was like, if, and he saw, he was like, man, if I got to start paying, if, if this is what salaries are, I got to get out because we're not going to be able to do this. He got out, and then the Expos sort of fell apart after because he was the stable rock, the, the owner, the rich guy, loved the team, etc. He got out. He sort of regretted it. And then, like, when the Expos left, his sons didn't save them, and he didn't save them. You know what I mean? He, they said, listen, we don't, you don't get to be that rich can by doing business with your heart. You know what I mean? It's true. They said it ain't viable. It's not working. We can't. We, we can't just put a billion dollars into this, like because oh, it's sentimental. But it always like ate the kid alive, man. One of the kids, Stephen Brofman. It always bothered him, man. He grew up going to Expo games. He's a rich guy. Finally, the timing is right. He's old enough. He's got enough money. He can make his own decisions, and he's partnering with a guy that used to be a radio host cam in Montreal. And a guy I know, Mitch Garber. It's a crazy story. Oh, yeah. I used to host a radio show once a week on Sunday nights, all right, on the station yep. I started on, on CFMB. It was just sort of a hobby for the guy. He was a guy in his mid-20s, good sports fan, but he had a good show because he was just authentic and he loved sports. Yep. So people, it was one of the more popular radio shows in the city. People loved him. And he was just a sports fan, but he was, he was going to, uh, to law school. Except when everyone was doing this and that, he took international gaming law, but Smart. this dude he had a for, he had the foresight. Like this was before the internet, essentially. Like the internet just sort of came out. You know what I mean? And I remember him telling me, like he interviewed me once. He asked me about the gambling industry once for for a perspective. And I called his show, and like you know, I used to see him in a sports bar, and I know him. He's good friends with Mitch Melnick, who I know well, a radio host. Yes. So, so anyways, he um, he becomes this gaming expert. Fast forward, I don't know, 15 years later, the guy's running party poker and stuff. He's running, like, poker stars. And, you know, he literally made, like, $800 million type stuff, Ken. Like, literally. Like, I remember, like, one company, they gave him $250 million and, like, a, a share of the company. Now, he was smart enough to get out of it when he saw the, the, the walls closing in legally in the poker stuff. Yeah. And he got out. He got out, and uh, he bought Cirque du Soleil. He's got enough money, and Cirque du Soleil Soleil is a pretty big brand, man. So I think he might have just bought Just for Laughs, too, Just for Laughs. It's big time. Yeah, but they also have that TV show with the gags that's on in, like, 200 countries because there's no language for it, right? Yeah. So (laughs) it's it's genius. Great point. That's you crazy. can sell it in any country in the world, bro. Like, these guys aren't stupid out of Montreal, Cam. I'm no. telling you, these are sharp businessmen. So they, um, so this guy's got that much money. Him and Brofman have teamed up together. So Rob Manford likes these guys. They're not a bunch of stooges from Tampa, right? We're talking about Seagram's money. You know, yep. they've got money. They could they could scratch the check right now. Like they've got the money. Um, uh, Mitch Garber's got the money. Um, and it's not just them. The the head construction company in Montreal, big Italian rich dudes, will, they said they'll build the stadium for a share of the team. So basically, Buddy said, listen, I'll build the stadium. Give me 10% of the team. 
And people have agreed, basically. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know what the percentage is, but he's in on it. Uh, the city is in on it. The city, the mayor, is going to give the tax breaks and the land. She ain't going to give any free money, but she's no. giving them the land. She's going to give the land for, like, dirt cheap where they can build their stadium yep. and then make money off of parking and stuff. And they're not going to ask for public funds. It's a home run. So, basically, the only deal is, though, now, we've been through this in Montreal. They actually put the shovel in the ground, Cam, in Montreal before with a new stadium. Outdoors, right across the street from the Bell Center. They put the shovel in the ground, man. They said, we're building a stadium. Boom. The mayor was there in the whole nine yards. Yep. And then Loria pulled a fast one. Right, Loria was the team guy. Loria sold like shares in the stadium and then left, like uh, like Lyle Langley in the Simpsons. It's like, yeah, it's like a snake oil salesman. Yeah, monorail. Yeah, it's like a monorail. monorail. There was no monorail, and ain't no monorail, and never was. It's more of a, That's a monorail yeah, cafe. It's it's more of a Shelbyville thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, hold on. Come back, come back. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, we love you, monorail. Yeah, he's a real shifter. I built in Ogdenville. Ogdenville. Yeah. Yeah, I put North Ogdenville uh-huh. on the map. Monorail. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Um, so, so basically with the Expos, they have Olympic Stadium right now. Now, I like Olympic Stadium. I like Olympic Stadium. I think it's fine. I think they can make it a little better, but I think it's fine. Yeah. It's a little bit sterile, it's a problem. Gabe. It is a problem. Dude, it was it's... built in 1976. Like, the Braves have four stadiums since then. Yeah, like, yeah. it's, I get it. Like, you need a new stadium. Thing is, baseball doesn't even hate the stadium because baseball told the Expos, listen, they told the new owners, listen, you can play in that stadium for two years, all right? And this, this, so this is why I know this stuff is real, that they told them, make Olympic Stadium look a little nicer. Get it ready for this year. You might be on the clock to get it ready for this year. But we need assurances that the stadium's being built. Like, there, we need to see, like, all these, you know, we were just talking about Cam. Uncertain timetables, project completion dates, site controls, project costs. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> baseball needs this for Montreal. But Montreal will be able to deliver this. They've already got the site. The mayor of Montreal seems to be pretty um, – she seems to be on the ball, from what I can tell, from afar here. This this girl, she seems to be doing a pretty good job of uh, – she seems to be taking care of what she needs to. So, And I know they met, like, recently as well. It's on the go, dude. So now the race, no, but there's no guarantee. There's never, you know, baseball doesn't like leaving cities, but no, it, doesn't. it looks like Manfred's letter here, he's basically resigned to it. He's telling them, I'm not helping you. I'm yeah. not I'm not helping Get you. You your have shit days. together. Exactly. You're gone. We should there's no way in to... hell. There's no yeah, way yeah, your boy. Yeah. Oh, Griffin. He's at the winter meetings. This. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's to work for the Expo. Yeah, so I'm going to give him tomorrow. a call tonight. Yeah. I think I will. I'm going to try to call. He's at the winter meetings. Yeah, yeah, man. He knows the Expos. Expos. He knows Expos there baseball. might be baseball back in Montreal. I might have a new place to retire again. <laughs> Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844 844- 
843-6879. The Fancy Sports Radio Network, your free fancy source, 24 hours a day. What you said before, I just remembered something with Griff, too. When he worked for the Montreal Expos, he did PR and some other things there. He was involved in the Seagram's company. Like, his old man was, like, high up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, a distilled, like high, high, high up there. Like, he has some Seagram's blood in him. And I remember then they were, they were in Montreal. Then he moved down. He's actually born in Jamaica. I think they went down there to, like, for, like, a distillery or something down there. And then he came back, worked for the Expos, and now... Uh, a newspaper reporter for the Jays. So, yeah, I'm going to try to give him a call, see if he can come on the show. He knows a lot about Expos baseball. Like, that's his team originally. Like, he loves the Expos. Yeah, I don't know what it is about the, the Expos. People uh, people that like they the Expos love are really diehards. Uh, no, yeah, no, no. And, and, and want to hear the craziest thing? Lisa's, Lisa's husband's uh, second husband. This guy, Michael, they used to, that's all they did. They went on trips to Montreal to watch the Expos. You said it. I, I, I dated a girl. I dated a girl in uh, college. You know what their nickname is, right? In Montreal, what? like in Nos Amour. Love? That was Amour their nickname love. in French. Yeah. Our true love. Our true love. Yeah, no, it's crazy because I know, yeah, like, I know they, people, people. Yeah, people are hardcore you, with this team. You worship. People you are, worship the them. You they worship. had three million fans. They had three million fans in the 80s. They had like I more know. fans than like most teams, right? It wasn't. It was just man, like if if you have a stadium that's empty, and I mean if you have a team that's like sells it, so it became like the Marlins. Like the Expos just used to get good players, and then they as soon as they got good, they would leave all the time, and eventually yeah. people got frustrated and worn out with it, right? So it's it's a different market now. It will be successful. They're building a smaller stadium. Uh, Montreal's population has grown a lot in the last few years. Um, listen, when I was in Montreal, I left Montreal like, what, 15 years ago. Um, and at the time, Montreal was starting to struggle, like the, the economy. You know what I mean? Like the, that's one of the reasons why the Expos, the Expos left. There was no savior to come up and save the team. You know what I mean? Like, there was no one, like, there was no local business that said, yeah, like, no local business had the money. You know, it was one of those deals. Like, Profman and Molson were the only ones, and they weren't stupid enough to do it. <laughs> and, and even I said at the time, even I said at the time, hey, listen, I love the team, but if I had a billion dollars, there's better ways to spend it. You could buy a team where you know people are going to show up. It's a little different now, though. You've seen, like, those Blue Jays exhibition games in Montreal over the years, sold out all the time. I think it's one of those deals you don't know what you have till it's gone. A smaller stadium yeah. will work. And quite frankly, I mentioned the mayor of Montreal. I don't even know what her name is. It slips out when I would know it if I saw it. Like again, but uh, I think it's Natalie something. Natalie something. She, French. She's yeah, all business. She's like, let's build the economy here. here. Like she's not screwing around. You know? No, what I'm saying? she's you, you not know. actually. Like she's going big. Like she's got big tech yeah. projects. Exactly. She's, um, you know, the World Cup of soccer is going to Montreal. It's a big feather in the cap for the city, right? Like, sure is. It's the World Cup. It didn't go everywhere, right? Like, we don't want to select cities, right? Montreal's got, like, five games, three to five games in the World Cup. So that's in 2026. 
there's clearly, and if you see downtown Montreal, it's completely different now. Like, this is a city on the upswing. There's cranes everywhere. There's like, I think there's nearly like 4 million people now. Like, it's really, it's it's shocking. I'm like, holy shit, there's a lot of people here now. Like, I don't know where these people come from. But, um, like, honestly, Quebec's a big place, though, right? I mean, there's, I don't know, man, how many Quebecers? I think there's like... I think there might be nine million of them, eight nine million people in Quebec. There's, there's quite a how lot. Many people, like, so. How many people are in Montreal? Because uh, the GTA is like what was it like five million? Like Montreal, what's Montreal got in that area? Montreal is probably like in the in the two range. Yeah, I'd say two about two. Three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's always well. It's everything's with the the surrounding areas, right? Everything they mega cities, right? They they join the suburbs in with everything. Like Montreal is much Montreal is not that big, but like you have the West Island, right, in Montreal. You know, by Dorval Airport and all that type stuff. And there's a big suburb out there, and you know, like where the Montreal Golf Club is. That's way out there, and like um, that that's way out there, Bay Durfin, yeah. right? Like there's so like there's <coughs> like Longay or Laval. The city of Laval is like Mississauga. Like I think there's a million people yeah. in Laval type thing now. Like exactly. or a million and a half. Like Montreal Laval is like the second biggest city in, in in Quebec. I just looked it up. Montreal is the eighth most populous city in North America. Eighth. Eighth. Well, eh? like, well, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So one. It's about one point eight million. That's just and that's so in, that's, that's it. That area. Not including. Yeah. Like, that's, you know, yeah. And they yeah, never include the surrounding areas. That's exactly. what I'm so talking it's like about. Probably three and a half, four. So yeah. think about that, Kim. And it used to drive me crazy when they said. Well, Montreal is a small market. No, it's Montreal is not. not a small market. It's not like you just said; it's the eighth largest market in North America. Like, it's not a small market. Like Montreal is not a little like Montreal is bigger than Philadelphia. You know what I mean? Like Montreal is like it's not bigger than Chicago. It's bigger than Detroit. You're, like you go down all these like big American cities, Montreal is bigger than they are. There's more people. They have more. It's more happening. Like it's more successful. You know what I mean? Like Montreal, you've been there. It's a successful city. It's just. I love Montreal. Montreal is just evolves. It's just sort of changing. Like Montreal used to rely on sort of the sex trade and strip clubs and bachelor parties and not anymore. You know, no. Now it's more like tech and video games and computer companies and festivals. Like, like I said, man, the the mayor of Montreal, she's got it going on. This chick, I like, I like her vision. She thinks big. Like she's trying to. Trying to make Montreal like you know get it on par with the New yeah. Yorks of the world and world San class again. You know? World class, you got to go world class, buddy. You know that. Yeah, yeah. But hey, the return of the Expos would just be awesome. Uh, that, that would just put it over the top, That's especially the as thing. I stated, man. To be the Tampa Bay Rays. And another thing, we'll move on because you know we'll talk about other things. But you know this too. And the thing with the Expos that's always um, helped the Jays that didn't help the Expos is the Expos were in the National League East. And yep. you're not close to anything. You know what I mean? Like, the Philadelphia Phillies, the Pittsburgh Pirates were rivals at the time, Cam. Like, the teams in a division, the Atlanta Braves. You know what I mean? Like, uh, if you're an Expo, oh, yeah, we're going to Atlanta for the weekend. Yeah, yeah, good luck. You take 18 yeah. hours driving there. You know what I mean? Yeah, if yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're Jays, you, know you, you got New York, you, know? you, got, you got Manhattan, you got Boston. Win, win. That's Camp, the thing. You go Camp down to Boston. watch the series there, you win. Boston yeah. is like six hours from Montreal. It's closer than Toronto. Yeah. It's like five yeah, hours. I know. 
New York, New York City is four and a half hours from Montreal. Like, you know, Montreal, like, you know, Montreal's rivals were, were like, Montreal should have been in the American League East, essentially. Then, you know, yeah. they had the rivalry with the Mets a bit, but not really. It wasn't the same. Like I said, like, Boston is incredibly close to Montreal. And, like, um, like Vermont is, like, 30 minutes oh. from, like, the border. Well, like it's much border. The bridge. It's border. You, you go see, in It's right there. Yeah, you go. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> Vermont is, like, Expo and Red Sox country. Like, people in Vermont, you know what I mean? If you're, you're a patriot and, you know what, you're not, like, a pinko commie type thing, you're going to like the Bruins and the Red Sox. But guys that want to be different, they like the Canadians and Expos. You know what I mean? You know, like guys that didn't want to be Red Sox fans. Or even some Red Sox guys were sort of, yeah, National League, I like the Expos. Because, you know, it's I go up to Montreal and get drunk there on the weekends. Like Montreal on the weekend is all kids from Plattsburgh, New York. They're all Yankee fans or Expo fans. You see what I'm saying? Like there's a synergy like with the, the Red Sox and the Yankees playing in Montreal. That's an automatic like 19 sellouts between the two of them. The Toronto Blue Jays versus the Expos. That's another nine games in a division in Montreal. That's 27 sellouts. Then you're not even getting into your random star teams and players that come to town, eh? the Dodgers and oh, who or whatever, a superstar at the time. And, you know, it's just it sells itself now. It was a difficult sell playing in a division with the Philadelphia Phillies and the Miami Marlins at the time, bro. It just was. Great point. Yeah, exactly. Then, then you look at uh, yeah, yeah, the sexiness of the Yankees, Red Sox. Yeah, it's, it's a way, be- it's a way, way better vibe. Yeah, well, and great, the Montreal Canadiens. There's a natural rivalry with the city of Boston, with the, Bo- with the Boston Bruins, even more so than the Leafs. Yeah. That's the thing. If you really go yeah, back, the and Bruins time, and the like, Canadians uh, hate each other. The cities, the cities, like even the media, like the even cities the don't like each other. Oh, yeah. I know. I, when I was covering the journey of the Cup. And I've covered. I've gone to a million Leafs and Canadians game. There's haters, but they're buddies. Hey, you're Montreal. I'm Toronto. But legitimate, like legitimately. Well, think for me, can being a they don't like each other. Bills fan, Montreal. Yeah, I know. Patriots being a Bills fan because I've already sort of been growing up on that. And I never. I used to wonder, like, why do you guys like hate Boston so much? Even when I was a kid, you know what I mean? I was like, we beat them all the time, anyways. Like, what's this big hatred? I was like, Bobby Orr's cool. Raymond Barr's cool. And they're all like, and then I realized. You know, just what a-holes their fans were and stuff for the most part. And as I got older, I realized that, you know, and even me, Canadians, dude, they play in the playoffs. I'll cheer for them. You know, I, mean, I used to be passionate, but I'll cheer for them now. Like, I, I hope they yeah. beat the, the Rangers in the playoffs or whatever. I don't, like, come on, man. Dude, like the Boston Bruins and the Canadians in the playoffs, like, I'm watching every second of every shift, like, Hit the son of a bitch. I know. Him. You know what I mean? I feel I'm the like, same way. Just, and I'm I do the same thing. Yeah. If, like, when they talk about a rival, I'm like, I don't care about the cup. Just knock the effing Bruins out of the playoffs. Like, That's I want to see Sean Marchand cry after. That, oh, I want to see Brad. I want to see Brad Marshall like wincing, yeah, whining, bloody. Yeah, no, I hate that guy. I'm gonna tell you something, man. I, I and you know me, Gabe. 
I would rather the Canadians succeed than the Bruins. I hate the Bruins. I don't like any of their sporting teams. I don't like any of them. I hate the Patriots. I hate the Bruins. I don't care. Like, I, like that's the thing. I'd rather Montreal beat the Bruins. I hate the Red Sox. The Celtics. That's the guy we, yeah, remember Buddy we used to work with there? Where he roll in with his Boston gear all the time. You're like, oh, here we go. The guy when we worked at the Toronto studios, it's like, oh, yeah, that Chris guy. Yeah, it's like, oh, my God. This guy's too much, man. It's all, it's a Boston. All, I hate I hate their teams. I don't even the Celtics. <laughs> I couldn't care for. I don't care. I don't like them. Let's bring uh, let's bring Julio in from Chicago. But, What's but, up, Julio? Hey, Julio. Hey, gentlemen. Afternoon. Uh, how are things? Yeah, we're getting good pretty stuff. fired we're just up. Having a good uh, yeah. sports good city, Boston uh, conversation. Session. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping. Yeah, I, I'm hoping the. Uh, I'm hoping the Expos. Hoping the Expos. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that this this comes into place, Julio. I mean. Major League Baseball is a better place with Montreal in it, and uh, I, I, I've always said you're not you're not a big league town unless you're in the big leagues. I, that's why I said when I left Montreal, I said I'll be back yeah. when the Expos are back. So now people are going to start calling me out. Hey, you're coming back? You said you're going to come back with the Expos. So well, now the other thing is, you are in New York. Yeah, <laughs> it's not well, like growing up as a kid. up as a kid, I I hated I hated watching Cubs games, but for some reason I'd always love watching the Cubs when they're at Olympic Stadium. Love watching Vladimir Guerrero. Fernando Tatis, a young Orlando Cabrera, and a young Javier Vasquez. Hey, I was a Closet Expos fan here, guys, so uh, I'm hopeful uh, the Spos get back. If the Expos are one of those teams that everyone likes. Like, yeah, if you notice it's too, it's after they left too. It really came into play, but you'll notice like rappers wear their stuff in videos. Major League Baseball, like it's like kept that Expo brand alive, like online. Dude, it's real. Last year, guys, in the States, it wasn't even just in Canada. They had the Expos on, like, their Bud Light promotion and stuff. And it wasn't even a thing. Oh, I know. Year. I know. I know. It was like yeah, Major League Baseball and the Expos logos there. And when I saw that, I'm like, don't tell me they ain't coming back. You know what I mean? Like, they're coming back. Like, that's why one thing about this Rob Manford guy, he seems to be very pro-Montreal. Like, he's down. And another thing is, uh, I'll, get, I'll give it to you in a second, but it's just... The players like Montreal. The strip clubs, the chicks, the restaurants, the agents like it. Like, that's, that's what helps as well. Like, behind the scenes, like, the Players Association are like, yeah, 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 we like it there. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So, there's, there's people that are down with this. So, it's, it's going to happen. The only question is, does it happen in two weeks? And I'm starting to think that it might. But uh, what's on your mind, Julio? Well, I, I'm, I hear that there's no better city in the world to hang out in the summertime than Montreal. So I, I hope that's the case. If they're in the AL East and the White Sox take a road stand there, I'm definitely going to Montreal. Uh, I know you. I know you're close to the top of the hour. Uh, if you guys followed my Champions League pick today with the both teams to score, they went three and one on that accord. I went two on one on my. I went two and one on my personal place. Again, my book doesn't have both teams to score, but uh, tomorrow for Champions League, I-, I wrote a nice breakdown. I know you guys are pressed for time, but Ajax from the Netherlands against Bayern Munich. Uh, I'm going to take the over personally at over 2.5, but I say if you guys are soccer fans out there, if you have it, play the both teams to score. The, the match ended as a 1-1 draw the last time these two teams faced in the Champions League. Uh, Ajax, they, they haven't they, – they, Every, they've scored in every game. The last time they hadn't scored in the game was September 23rd. Bayern Munich has scored in every game except one. That was uh, October the 6th. Again, the match ended in a 1-1 draw, but Ajax easily could have won that game. They had chances going in late. 
So if people want to play this game, IX, Bayern Munich, both teams to score, I'm going to play the over 2.5 goals. And tempted to take Bayern, uh, tempted to take IX in the money line, considering the matchup is in uh, Amsterdam. Other Champions League stuff, I may put the Benfica in a parlay, definitely playing Juventus in a parlay tomorrow. They're taking on a young boys team with just one point in a Champions League competition. If you're going to play Champions League, don't play Manchester United versus Valencia. That game's going to be a snoozer. And i um, tempted to take um, AS Roma tomorrow against Pilsen. Uh, quickly, guys, college basketball leans. He's unofficial. I'm still contemplating taking New Mexico in the money line. They're taking on Colorado at the pit. That's going to be a lively environment in Albuquerque. Penn against Villanova at the Palestra. I think you're not taking the Quakers at plus eight. Foreman in action tonight against College of Charleston, contemplating taking the minus 13 and a half with Foreman, and maybe taking Minnesota tonight against North Florida at minus 14 and a half. Cam, I listened to you yesterday. I didn't play the Lightning money line, but I played them in the uh, in goals uh, at uh, at uh, minus one and a half. That was an exciting game. They won six to three. Want to ask you on tonight's hockey card? Sabres, should I take them at minus 165 against the Kings? Should I put the Capitals and maybe the uh, Benny and the Jets against the Hawks tonight, Caps against the Wings? Oilers against the Avs over five and a half goals? What do you think? Under. Those I, I'm actually going under, and I, I'm not, this is not a homer pick. Toronto has a revenge spot against Carolina. We'll talk more about this on the DFS and gambling show. The uh, Leafs are only laying 120. They got Matthews back, too. He wasn't around in that game where Carolina embarrassed them. I'm all in on the Leafs tonight, minus a half in reg. And I'm also looking at two dogs tonight. Uh, I think Arizona can beat Boston at plus 155, and it's not about my hatred for the Bruins. It's actually a really good spot in a sandwich game. And Gabe's Montreal Canadiens, they shouldn't be plus 150 to Minnesota. That game's a toss-up. So I like two pooches, and I'm all in on the Leafs tonight, Julio. Well, excellent. And yeah, yeah, I'm trying to work my way to be a contributor more on your show. That's why I uh, wanted to break down this soccer matchup. So again, folks, Great stuff. Bayern Munich, Bayern Munich against Ajax. Both teams should easily score if your book has that play it. If they don't take the over two and a half goals. Well done. Julio. Thanks, Julio. It's a pleasure, my man. We're going to jump Thank in on the other side right here. Excellent phone call. Excellent.